This is the Emers Podcast, episode 18. Right, we're back, because I, I feel like I need to say it, because we've said it for about 16 episodes. We have the lovely and handsome... Martin Diggins. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, hold on. Can you hear that? <laughs> I've, that I've tried to get the... Tried to keep, can you hear that there, aye? <laughs> what? I've got... <laughs> see my wireless headphones? I was trying to get keep, keep my eye on the Rangers Leon score there, and it's just came live <laughs> in my ear, and he's screaming... Welcome, guys. My English guy. I'm so sorry. That's um, alright. That's fine. Don't worry. I'm an Rangers fan anyway. I'll, I'll keep you up to date, Martin. I won't keep you. I'm muted him because he was guy. exceptionally loud. I thought somebody had ran into my house there. I was like, "What's going on?" English guy. I thought you'd. I thought you'd forgotten his name. No, 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 no. Martin Dugan. I'm very well, well aware of this because we've had a talk about it. Whether it was two O's or a H and a, a Z and all that. But yeah, I apologize. I get such a fright there, man. Jeez, oh. But we've got Martin Dugan on the podcast, regardless, right? So he does everything. He mm. presenter, commentator, basketball captain of Scotland. Scotland, yeah. Scotland, hey, not just yeah. Glasgow, the whole yeah. of the country. The whole of Scotland. I was captain. Aye. And Gav, Gav's here as well. Only if you're listening, this is it's Gav. Gav, Gav, say hello to everybody as well, because hello everybody. Get uh, my haircut finally. No. Do I talk about your haircut? I'm not interested. Because you've not got a haircut, you don't want to <laughs> get rounded. That's what it is. No. What about you, Martin? <coughs> you get your haircut and all. I am going tomorrow and get mine redone. I be, oh, redone through it. Who cut I yours through it? Who dyed that? it and all? That was that's dyed hair. No, that's grey. It's grey hair, mate. This is legit. Is it grey? Aye. I thought you dyed it. That light makes it look pure blonde, doesn't it, Kev? Aye, Aye, I really do appreciate that, but no, it's <laughs> grey, man. I look like Benjamin Button. I thought you went for the Richie Foster look there with all the nice blonde locks. <laughs> nah, mate, I'm just going for the just old Martin look. See Aye, that sir. beard? Because of the beard, I know, you think that's dyed? Aye, you'll get away with that. It's really matched, is it? That's the problem, a wee bit like. Aye, the hair, the beard's not caught up yet, thank God. The beard's not caught up yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not the beard you need to worry about, mate. It's not the beard. Nah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I'd rather go grey. I'd rather go grey and go bald, man. Aye, grey hair than no hair. Aye. Definitely, yeah. that's a good way to put it, mate. Definitely. And that's a saying. So, hair, me and Gav have had, um, we've not had a debate. Gav had one day, I had another. So, when's your birthday? Is it the 31st of May, or the 1st of September, or is it neither? 31st of May. Yes, the BBC's right. BBC mate. know their stuff, didn't they? BBC, uh, they IMDb, oh, IMDb. You got the phone to them. Get the phone to IMDb. Where the 1st of September. Where do people like, well, I don't know, obviously, who you know enters the stuff into Wikipedia, but where did some of these people get these dates? Did they just pick a random date, do you think? I've got absolutely no idea, mate. Like, somebody actually alerted me to it, and then people go, oh my God, Martin, you're famous, you've got like a Wikipedia. Oh my God, like, somebody wrote about you. Are they for uni? Are they for did it. I was like, oh, cool. So obviously, the interest peaked. I was like, oh, I wonder what somebody's wrote. Because like, they always say there's a journalist rule number one is, Never use Wikipedia as a source, right? Nah, it's it. it rule number one. Don't ever use it because it's a lot of it's true, a lot of it's crap. But yeah. mine's was all crap. I found it unbelievable the fact that somebody had written like the shortest paragraph. I've not read it for a while, but somebody had written the shortest paragraph and managed to get 90% of it wrong. That's a skill. <laughs> like, that is an absolute they got 10% skill. of it right, which is pretty cool. I admire that 10%. I think people just write these things so they can fuck up, but. Mess it up for somebody like us. Ah, but why? Yeah. The thing is, well, why do you want to write about somebody else anyway? I don't. I've, I mean, I know it's my job. I know, but I write. <laughs> no, but yeah. you, you report it. You're getting reliable sources. This is some I guy mean, going. 
or lady going, right, what am I doing tonight? What kind of right here? Um, loves, he seems like he was born loves, in September. Loves fairies. <laughs> loves fairies. Man. And he, he wasn't born in Glasgow. No, no, it's a lie. It's a, it's a, it's a conspiracy. But things like that, I just think people um, are a bit wild. People, but the thing is, what worried me most about it is, is that somebody's taking the time not to do their research. So <laughs> it's like, it's that thing, if you're going to do it, do it right. But what scares me the most is, is it could be somebody that you know and that you walk amongst. Aye, they, doesn't tell you who, who edited it? No, they don't tell you that. Know. You don't get, nobody tells you who creates it. I think you can find oh, out who edits things, okay. but you don't get, you don't get the initial source because obviously every celebrity would look at who wrote about them because it's aye, weird, aye. isn't it? Sneaky, yeah. But it's, it's the cheek of Wikipedia now to ask you for money. They're asking you to donate money. For people who create people who edit it. No, it's just, just pure, that's no way, that's WikiLeaks. That's what I said. Oh, sorry. Right. That's I was what just, I said, uh, WikiLeaks. Because that's what they'll probably be donating their money about, because it's obviously freedom of information, so they just want to spread Aye. information about, so Very get true. the man out. Well, the, the reason we had this we, we sort of debate about your date of birth, because I was dying to get this in here, right, but... Has your star sign changed? <laughs> Gemini. Is it I don't know what about star signs, but no, it's still the same. Last time it's I still checked. Still the same. I still the same. I'm a Gemini. I think I put that on my Tinder profile, actually. <laughs> I, just, like, I just put, I'm a Gemini, and that was it. Boom. Panels are birds. That's it. I look like Stephen Hawking, and I'm a Gemini. <laughs> Did all right, actually. <laughs> oh, I, I, um, I think the Stephen Hawking thing was really going for you then, eh? Uh, it was, no, seriously, like, I'm being serious. Stephen Hawking holds a lot of water when it comes to, like, the old greatness scene. Tell you that, I know. So, um, um, anyway, that's you story, have no interest eh? in star signs, no interest in it, no bothered. No, really, no, I don't think that when I, see when I read the Metro newspaper in the morning and then I see somebody reading a star sign, I think to myself, that's never, nothing in the Metro is ever going to shape your day. Ever. <laughs> no, it shouldn't. That's very, very true. I never ever looked at Mystic Meg and thought to myself, aye, that's somebody I can trust. She's, <laughs> she's really got a life figure and she's really telling me how to <laughs> go about my day. And, uh, so I, I actually don't understand what, what they're meant to do. Like, I don't understand how, they, one, how they came about and two, how you can possibly tell that somebody else, you know, a, f- a tenth of the population or however many there is, um, uh, is going to be the exact same for that month or that week. But that's how it's so vague, isn't it? See, when you read it, you go, you may feel yourself feeling tired today. Well, it is seven in the morning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I'm on a tram in Manchester and I'm really, really tired, actually. I'm really <laughs> glad you said that. And then it's like, oh, when it comes to money matters, everybody's got money matters every day. Like, everything's a money matter. <laughs> exactly. right? It's just, it's so vague. That you just aye. try your best to relate it to your world, that you go like that. And then, oh, oh, and then, and then you, you read the next one, and then they all rea- oh. they rearrange it. I know. We're getting, we're getting, the too, we're getting really drawn into this. We all need Camden. Right. <laughs> remember, a company called Na- a company called NASA have said we found another one, <laughs> and, and we sent people to the moon. Remember that? Aye, so I remember. Real, we, we are telling you that you somebody else's star signs changed. And Mystic Meg, who works with us, real close. <laughs> Mystic Meg, his 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 new book to report on another one. Um, so we're relevant again. No, that, well, that, just, remember us? We're NASA, no SpaceX. So hello. <laughs> no NASA, because you know it's legit then. Because so true. 
Yeah, it's all true because now, um, now the, the flag was flying, the American flag, when they landed, when NASA landed Neil Armstrong on the moon and the flag was flying, even though there was no gravity. Mm-hmm. How yeah. do they do that? I know, I know, I know. Anyway, that's a conspiracy. Just, I know, I was going to say, that's, that's big magic. conspiracies we're going to do. I didn't expect it to kick off like this at all. I, don't, I didn't really see this coming, you know. I no, never thought it was that I'm really glad that Mercury's met up with Saturn and what you thought in the day. And their so, best pals, and they've got a single coming out soon, so that's, that's nice to know. Okay. We're going to go back to you rather than planets and constellations. Oh, right? I can't <laughs> so, go on. So, you grew up in Partick. The dead Partick. Right, West so that's good. We're off to an absolute blind. Okay, Wikipedia was right with that part. Was it? I wonder. We changed it. Did you edit that? School days. What's the script? School. How was that for you? Primary school. So starting off at primary school was, was pretty back. rough. Went to Kelvin Dale Primary School and I used to have a taxi. So I used to be able to walk up until I was 13 and I used yes. to get a taxi. But I used to walk like a, like a velociraptor. You know what I mean? Like, like, a, like a velociraptor. Ah, <laughs> kind of like, I looked like a dinosaur, basically, is what I looked like when I walked. Right. Like, and uh, I had these wee, like... Uh, you know, Forrest Gump had the thing in his legs. Oh, aye, the braces. Aye, aye. I like the braces, man, and I had my disability boots. Now there's big like, industrial things. Like, aye, aye, yeah. Used to get the toggles run and you'd do that with the laces when the toggles like proper industrial looking things. And then and then my mum um, decided that I would get I had to wear shorts to magnify the characters. <laughs> the braces. And then, <laughs> and then um everybody else used to wear like a jumper, you know what I mean? When we were younger, you'd wear like a jumper or a polo shirt. Ah, right? school jumper. You, right, school jumper, aye. And I had like a wee logo on it. No Martin, but no, Martin had to wear a shirt and a tie and a blazer every day to school, right? And then when I was born, when I was born, I'd, I was born with a gammy eye like that, right? So then, so then um, my mum had glasses, right? And I had a wee side pattern. So if you can imagine what primary school started like, I had a wee like, walking frame with my calipers on, with my shorts, with my disability boots, with my tie, my shirt, my blazer, my glasses and my wee side pattern. How do you think school I think went, things mate? Go Probably better than mine. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I know. You're not wearing glasses now. You no. should see Gavin. Watch this podcast go on and watch Gavin's eyes. What's right, okay? Eyes, I call um, Gavin. You've got lovely, beautiful blue eyes, though, eh? Look at oh, I, know, I inherited them for wee genie. My mum, school was good at school was alright. Primary school was a bit rough. Kids are savage. Ah, savage, so, so kids are savage, man. So no hold bars, man. Go bullied at primary school, probably, but no bad. You know what I mean? Just normal. Like I had a wee pal called Jason, and this is another legit story, right? Um, Jason's part of the family because he ended up with my cousin. Funny that I was trying nice. to get rid of him for years, but he, he's in the family. Yeah, club on, it was, me and, it was me and Jason. So now when you were in primary school, you used to get the groups now, depending on your intelligence and how you would respond to yeah. things. So yeah. the red group being the best, the yellow group being really mediocre, right? So there was like, the red group with the good ones was yellow group, and then there was Martin and Jason. Oh, wow. You were the... I, I we, we were... just leave them to you and see how they go on. <laughs> I, we were... Um, so we got put in a wee corner with these stupid link-up jotters used to get. And they used to ask me to sit down and you get a mark oh, and stuff like that. Like, so we were... Me and Jason were considered, like, the dafties in the school, which was, which yeah. was fine. Which it was all right. So I primary school was a bit a bit rough. Growing up in Partick was good. Like, that was, was it? My, 
But I was actually had my wee squad. Did it teach you a wee bit? Did it teach you a bit of sense of humour or what? Or was it oh, just definitely like, like, things? Well, with the disability thing, it never um, just focusing on that. I had loads of mates that like we all grew up because Partick back in the day was a lot rougher than what it is now. Like, uh-huh. you know, it's kind of so like the posh, way it's so, so posh. posh. Even when I go now, I don't recognise anybody. Like, I don't know anybody for it. It's no like Aye. it used to be. But we used to all have, like, we used to obviously live in the same area. Me and the boys, I have a wee pals and that, and they would never leave me out. You know what I mean? I'd always be playing football. Or, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like running about going mad with him and having a laugh. And you, I don't, you boys know that anyway. You can't go up and screams in areas without developing a dark sense Sports. of humour, either about yourself or whatever situation. There was no um, there was no limitation. So I school life was like just the same as everybody else's school life. And then I'm lucky enough to say that growing up in Partick, massive family, huge family. Everybody's my cousin in Partick. Everybody's like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> is that your cousin, my pals always say is that your cousin? So um I growing up had a big support network, good laugh. Funny, taught me a lot of the sort of the same tools that I use today yeah. when it comes to telling uh, stories or writing stories. I think thing that I've learned very early on is you could go and sit in a pub in Glasgow and meet a random guy that will tell you the best story you've ever heard. Oh, and, that's, and, it, it, it's the, and I only noticed that when I went to Manchester actually when I started living in London and living abroad and living down south is that you don't get anywhere else, you don't get storytellers like us. I don't think, I think we're the when it comes to dark humour in particular, or telling a story that's got quite a, a comic edge to it, I think the Glaswegians are probably up there. Aye, uh, it's weird. Uh, even uh, even when, like, see when you're yeah, that halfway three quarters on to, to being absolutely blackout drunk. Aye. It's this mad guy at the bar and you bump into him and how good pals are you with that person? <laughs> like, Honestly, the best man. You have never about their life. You've known them the whole of your life. Like you know, <laughs> they get you. They get you. You understand. Is, uh, you know I, mean? I, you, I remember this year because obviously, like you go to Quarter Jill and that blah blah. blah and mm-hmm. last time I was in there, uh, me and the missus weren't meant to go there, and we went. We met her pals, and I was at the bar, and this guy just oh, I started talking to him, and I had this like replica, real fake, proper fake gold Rolex watch on. Oh, like, God, could they be any it. faker? <laughs> I'm talking to this boy at the bar and the boy at the bar is like wow man that's a beltery I watch I'm like oh thanks I went, I'll tell you the news it's proper fake mate like, I, this is the name I am not wealthy in the slightest in case you think about mugging me because that'll be the, the most expensive thing you can get mm-hmm. like, oh mate I've done this I collect watches blah blah but you who are you what do you do and spoke for half an hour mate you seem like a nice guy can you just just take the watch and let me go on with my night because I couldn't get away from him. Oh, give him like your watch. Take the watch. Ah, I gave him the watch, but he gave me 40 quid for it. So, oh, right. I made, a, I made... <laughs> How's that even work, man? <laughs> he, gave, he, gave, he gave me 40 quid and he bought me two shots. Thank you, and I drink. So you fuck so, off. <laughs> I gave, you you he gave me 40 quid in two shots and a drink. So, I made a, a fiver out of it, which was nice. <laughs> that is that's, that's Glasgow, man. That is Glasgow. That... You'll meet the nicest people on the planet. Martin, see, see when you're saying. Uh, Talking about like you never get storytellers. I find that as well, even just with general banter. Let's like, see, yeah. my, my work sometimes, maybe a couple of times a year for like training or whatever, I'll maybe go down south and uh, see, just try to strike a decent conversation. You can get a conversation with people, but you can't get the same banter. You say something and they don't understand what you're saying. Uh, so you're, you're now living in Manchester, obviously, aren't you? So do you find it quite difficult to try and 
No, no, do you know what, what I found? So I've been lucky enough to say that I've lived in different places. Like I've lived in Australia and all that as well. But I think London was the most difficult place I found to live when it come when it came to being a Scot. No doubt, they used to call me a sweaty sock. What a joke. Oh, I hate <laughs> yeah. that, man. But, That's but disgusting. You do, you do, you do hate it, but they do it for everybody. You know what I mean? So they're consistent in their, their <laughs> terms. You don't do it just for Scottish people. And do, but do you know what? It's the, the one place where I've lived where I, I constantly go, I go right in the net for being Scottish. Like, everywhere else I've been, whether I've lived abroad, Manchester, whatever, they love the Scots there. They love the Glaswegians. Uh, they're both industrial cities, so... <laughs> Yeah, well, quite, quite similar. We've got the football teams and all that, so they've got City, Man United. We've got Celtic. Uh, we've got the industrial side. They're quite, no, I mean, they're well into their music and all that. So there's things that are very, very similar, and and they've got a respect for for us anyway in terms of they don't have any issues with the Scots. But you find that you find when you go to Manchester, nice. Liverpool, Newcastle, places that are further up north, like north. then they're no, they're no, they don't see the divide. Whereas, as soon as you hit like, the Midlands area in London, you can feel that there's... I feel I feel like it's just London. Like, ah, no, mate, I know, mate. Everybody's probably okay. They're a different country, aren't they? Uh, my, daughter's for Coventry. my daughter lives in Coventry and I lived there for a wee while. And when you get to Birmingham area, like Birmingham, Wolverhampton, you know, all these sorts of places, Coventry... Aye, they're they're like, hour, like an, hour, an hour odd drive out of London, you know? Like they're quite nearby. Aye, they are, but it's, it's, aye, they, you can definitely feel that I'm Scottish and you're English. <laughs> Just because we are so funny and cool and they're all... Because we're brilliant, but they don't like... They, they, they're just not the same. That's what my mum always says, they're just not the same as us, they're just different. No explanation, it's just a diagnosis, but no explanation. It's no you, it's no you, Martin, it's them. Okay. <laughs> listen, it's never, ever, listen, never your fault. Don't ever say sorry. You're, you're, you're the best, Martin. Martin, yeah. you're the best. <laughs> right, so, so growing, up, growing up and partying that magic, good secondary school, you, you managed to get a grip of everything, you want to get bullied in that. And Aye, secondary school you got, you was You an operation, didn't you? You got an operation your hips to... Aye, so I had an operation when I was 13. To um, was born with cerebral palsy, so I was born three months premature, which meant that basically I was half cooked, really. Like, oh, I wasn't really ready to commit. I commit one of the aliens that used to get in the egg. Oh, I remember them. What, 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 do you remember the guy that used to say, Mine said babies? I put them in the fridge. Aye, I knew all of it. Yeah, the fridge, don't feed it after midnight and don't get it wet. And then, uh, so I had the operation when I was 13, but I had two operations. So I got a metal plate in my hip, groin operation, then I got all sorts of stuff done to my, the top of my legs, both sides. But they, they kind of made a mistake with the operation, so it went wrong a wee bit, where they thought that, uh, in, the, in the best interest of myself and their medical opinion, that they would operate on both legs, whereas I've always maintained that we should operate on one. So but they operated on both, which meant that... Um, uh, after that, I used a wheelchair to get about. So, so, wait, my mom, so did the operation go okay in one leg? Uh, no, the operation. Other. So basically, they did both legs at the same time. So it's no, it wasn't a case it gone okay. The operation, what they performed, went fine. They just okay. maybe shouldn't have performed. Oh, okay. the, so it probably gave you a limit, like less time on but, your like, standing sort of thing. Because no, it's, no. Uh, so yeah. it's no. 
but the problem that it, the problem that it causes now is that because of the way that they cut the muscle, the legs. So I've got full feeling in like my legs and stuff. The problem is is that it, uh, the muscles kind of develop mass, right. so strength mm-hmm. or whatever. So I the, the fatter I get, which is happening. Um, oh my god! I, get I can't even. Oh man, with this lockdown Jeez. stuff, man, I swear to God, man, it's not just the wheelchair that's rolling out, man. It's me and all. <laughs> um, so basically, it can't develop any muscle. So right. it just means that it stays the way it is in my legs, as far as hanging out a nest. So basically, and then so Jean decided to send me to a. Uh, a school. You need to call her mum. Come on. <laughs> Respect oh, no, her mother. Jeannie Jeannie. It's always been a thing. I don't know why Jeannie. I don't call her mum, you know. Gear Jeannie Jeannie then. Don't gear. Don't. don't that's... Right. It just feels weird me calling her mum. I've just always had that. Like, I've just always been like, all right, Jeannie. I feel right, we'll go, we'll go for Jeannie. Go for Jeannie. Absolutely belt me if I, like, she would chase me. Right, but that's a pillow thing, though. No, I mean, don't cover me. me. Don't, don't cover play me. No, I mean, so. Sorry, man. That's my bad. <laughs> don't cut this off. Don't oh, no, no, you, no, you, 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 Curriculum mm-hmm. sort of thing, so which was interesting in itself. It was in Rockhazy in Glasgow. I don't know if you've been in that area. Rukhese? I stay, I stay I like 15 minutes or 10 minutes. I, it was called Ash Craig, so it was near Hugginfield Loch. Like, All right, okay. And this, right. and this, um, this school was nuts, man. I swear to god, like the, the only way that I describe it to people, like people always go, That's me, what was it like, man, when you went in? Because obviously, the primary school so used to being with people that were just able bodied, no, remember just stepping into a school, right, man, and it was like. A mix between, like, the fun house when those little cars used to go in and Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> I'm wondering, what, what was the humour like? Was there different oh, humour? Really these are the foundations that get built on it. This is what I was saying. Like, it's funny how you become the person that you are in it because uh-huh. point blank refused. I, I hated, I didn't want to go to this school, right? But obviously, when you're young, you're 13, man, you think, I'm not going to school. I'm not going to school. Ah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to school. 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 So that's the minute you go, man, and it's like next minute you see these guys and lassies, man, and some of them are floating about with electric wheelchairs going at 30 miles an hour, and some of them have <laughs> got horns and all that, man, but they're, you know I mean? but they're scratching their nose with a fit and all that, you know what I mean? Like, this is amazing, man. I can't believe this is actually happening. So, um, <laughs> but then, so <laughs> you go there, and it had like bars on the windies and that, and I used to have this, we, um, and honestly, we did, it's not because we try to chew ourselves out yeah, like, <laughs> Just like, I don't know why they had bars at one. Um, probably for the last building it used to be. <laughs> yeah, probably. We used to have this, um, we used to call it the ice cream van, me and my pals. Uh, right. Where the bus used to come and pick me up in the morning. We used to, used to call it the, <laughs> bus, the ice cream van. And all that. And then the, all the other disabled ladies would be sitting there all living in my area and they'd pick us up and take us to school and drop us off. And all that. But, I, but that's kind of where you, that's kind of where I learned that, I suppose, how to, with people with different disabilities and what you can achieve and all that sort of stuff and like Aye. and obviously secondary school is a nightmare anyway so it's I know, just, I know. I know. See, see when you were in secondary school so what 
did you have what sort of aspirations did you have? Do you have do you were thinking about getting into media and stuff like that, or were you never, mate? Never no. thought about getting into media. I don't know, mate. I was a bit like I was never an academic, put it that way. Like I would I liked English and I liked woodwork and all that, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like and I love sport. That was that was always the thing. Like sport was always number one in the in my mind constantly, you know what I mean? But I never had I never had any thoughts. Some people have got it so focused, didn't they? Some people are like, Aye. this is what I'm going to do in my life and I know what I've got to do to get there. I'm going to get these grades and I'm going to go to uni and then I'm going to go yeah. and this and that's going and to... And they've got a map, they've got a map set out in there. Aye, totally, but that was never me. That was, do you know what? Because, I don't know, I just never had... I never had a, a thought. I, all I knew was is what I liked. I know I liked doing this and I know I liked doing that and whatever what's going to be will be. But I suppose the reason why Ashcrave was so good as well was because... You remember when you was about secondary school, how many pupils were in your school? What, nearly a thousand? Aye, some of that. Right, you had a hundred all in. Right. It was like... Wow. Aye, aye. So it was like five to a classroom or something. So it was proper Jeez. good. Like, you proper got like... Educated. Aye. Educated, like that one-on-one, like... Spent a lot of time here. Got you. And then with the sport, what was good about it for the sporting aspect was that you started really quickly. Now, because when I played football, I was always at a disadvantage when I could walk. I'd always tried my best, but obviously there were certain limitations that would mean that I couldn't compete on the same level when it came yeah. to certain things. Like, I mean, that was always fine to me. That never bothered me. But then Ask Craig always, for the first time that secondary school gave me, for the first, I saw people that were on the same level as me really quickly, where right. you get to kind of excel or figure things out against people that are of similar ability or disability yeah. to yeah. myself. So, so that was really good. And then, obviously... Um, you you do normal things like get girlfriends and all that. And Aye. That must that must have done a quite a lot for your confidence, though, eh? Like you, Aye, it did. You... It did. I see that in my mum the new, but I says to her at the time I gave her a hard time for sending me to ask Craig. Like, but I think if you look back, it's the single best decision. Like, if you're going to pick yeah. a big decision or something, she's made a lot of good decisions, but um, that one stands out for me is like the main one because it must have been hard for her to think, oh, I'm going to have to send my son to this school. Yeah, and she didn't know what it was going to go like, but she actually, I feel as if I didn't go to ask Craig, I wouldn't have been the person that. It would have kept you. You, you said you maybe had a few moments in school when you were like bullied and that, but mm-hmm. you went to that secondary school, you were on a par with everybody else, so it gave you uh-huh. this opportunity to be anybody you ever wanted to be. Like, you could be a uh-huh. confident guy, and you could do what you like. Uh, I was never really, I was popular in secondary school, I was, but I wasn't really, I was never the type of boy. That was like show off or anything. I wasn't like not kind of like that middle ground type of guy. Like people that there was no, I had no problems with anybody. I'd speak to the in the peck nod. You kind of like had the guys that were really popular. That when they talked to the guys who were goffs. No, I mean you I don't know. Like, you were pure Switzerland, weren't you? Aye, I was. Just me everybody. Just a nice guy, man. No <laughs> hassles. Aye. I had no hassles, but it was the reason why it became good is because when I was doing my, when I went to ask Craig. It facilitated me, you were asking me about my career and stuff, like my aspirations, it facilitated the basketball side of things, so yeah. what was really good was when I was 16, I met my, when I when I had my operation at 13, I met a guy who lived a couple of doors down for me and he was in a wheelchair and he, he um, his name was Davey and he says to me, do you want to play wheelchair basketball, do you ever fancy it? And it, to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't yeah. fancy it, I was like, nah. But anyway, when played for uh, Glasgow at the time, just a young boy, 13, Try to like get used to the disability, get used to the sport, play in amongst men, sort of thing. All oh, right, so the age groups and stuff like that? Is it because well, of they did, they did have age groups, but 
what they did to me at the beginning was is I, I spent the first year in my training like just like boss skills, you know, dribbling up and doing court yeah. and shooting the ball and passing it and doing all that sort of stuff. And then you kind of, if you develop fast enough, you get into the team, but then you start to develop with the squad more. But um, but they, so then when I started doing that, they identified me quite early. By the time I got to 15, 16, they got identified as somebody who could play a bit. Very well, so, right. so Great Britain at the time, because uh, I was part of the sort of Great Britain programme at that point. So they, they asked the school if, you know, if Martin Pixie's core subjects, would they be able to spend the rest of the time in the gym? And we'll, we'll obviously pay whatever needs to be done with his trainer and all that. So how much that was, was it? How much money? Was it loads of money? I don't know. <laughs> money? No, they paid us nothing, mate. They paid us absolutely nothing. And then, and then somebody said in Wikipedia it was two million. I just <laughs> throw it out there. Nah, nah, that's too cheap. Man. That's too cheap. They should have done the research better. No, should have done the research. Uh, so then, um, so then. After that, like the problem was, is that under the with the Glasgow team, I wasn't getting a lot of game time, um, uh-huh. just because the guys who played there were perceived and. to be perceived to be better players at the time, which everybody. So there's a whole. So next minute, there's a guy called Stevie who who used to play professional basketball, able-bodied, and then got an injury and decided to play wheelchair basketball, and he he came up with this stupid idea, this mad idea, right, <laughs> that he would make his own wheelchair basketball team. And right. he would take the rejects from Glasgow and build and build a squad. But so there was seven of us to eight of us to begin with. Um and so we you built went up, with him then? After I went with him I, because I wasn't getting any game. Hmm? So you went with him even though you were touted to be Aye, because the thing is like, I was the only way that G B were, were were seeing me play international Scouts were seeing me playing was when I went to wee tournaments that you would do, like a kind of like a, a youth yeah. tournament or something. There was never, but I wasn't playing week on week for the for the team. I would maybe yeah. get like honestly, there was a there was a game where they gave me fifteen seconds at the end. No, that's not so, good. So, but then, so then, Great Britain, I kind of like I say, no, you don't need to What's rush. The point? Then you want you want to play, you want game time, you want to like you want to do that thing. So get the eye, get under your belt. So me and, me and the guy who I first met when I was 13, Davey, who introduced me to the game, we, he left and a bunch of us left. And we were called the Lovian Phoenix. Uh, we were based in Bathgate in Edinburgh. And Isn't like, that a, one of the things in Harry Potter? Uh, it's mad. It's mad. <laughs> but then we ended up, so we developed this, made this mad idea, developed this, Stevie developed this team of eight players. Uh, we started off in Division 3 and within five years we were in the first division. Like, wow, man! Absolutely. Have you, like, have you seen the movie Semi Pro? I have seen it. Aye, <laughs> but, I saw that, man. I saw that. You took your hat off. Like, how crazy you've been. You've been, ah, oh, get my hair out. I'm uh, with you. It's because it's been, I, I, I said to myself, should I do my hair for this? I should have known. I was like, do you know what, man? The boys you've will be alright. You've seen my hair, mate. So you can do whatever you like, man. Right. This hair is bloody out of control. And see that same pro but man, I'm pretty, see the bit where he, he, he was like, how did he get here? And he was like, we traded you for a fridge. That's kind of how wheelchair basketball looks, man. Like, Is it? You know what I mean? He's making them go, how to open a fridge. So, it's fine. But, um, I then... Fridges are useful, man. Fridges are useful. They can't kind of get a big fridge because they can't reach top shelf, so useless. But, um, <laughs> oh, there's a the comedy. There it is. <laughs> so, um, so then the, the thing that you do when you play for a wheelchair basketball team at a kind of like national level is you 
is you travel by convoy, by car together. Right. You know what I mean? Because we played in a British league, it wasn't a Scottish league, we played in the, played in the British league, so we travel up and down um, the country to, I think the furthest we went to was Wolverhampton, I can't even remember. Aye, so we'd spend all these that's weekends time, man. Just, just like and it would have that's when you that's when you you really start to realise, you know because this is like for a boy like me, you know what I mean, like seeing older guys, you know, get girlfriend guys in wheelchairs and all that with different disabilities that have got wives and then they you go a night out with them all and you see them all, you know, behaving in a way that you'd never thought was possible. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, oh, I, I, you know, that, that, that isn't me. That wouldn't be me because that, yeah. that isn't for me sort of thing. So you'd learn, or, well, you're learning the basketball and the philosophy or whatever your team's trying to teach you about being a good person and being a good player. Yeah. And amongst all, the cra- all that craziness, you've got, you're, you're bunking up with two other guys that have got, you know, legs missing and all that. Or, you know what I mean? Some, some kind of uh, horrible, yeah. horrible ailment that they've, they've inherited or been born with. So, um, so then, I so that kind of changed my life a wee bit. Oh. That's when life really changed. That's, that's when it really got to a point where it was like, actually, this is nuts. This is so, were you one of the youngest, youngest people there then? I was, I, I was, well, for, I, for quite a while, I was. I, for quite some time, I was the youngest and then the team just started growing sort of thing and people obviously wanted to come and play for us because it was kind of built on wasn't it just about the basketball so it was never about saying to somebody you're the best player so you were going to play you it was all yeah. about developing because we understood that you, you've got a disability you've got enough barriers so we're going to try and teach you a philosophy in life rather than just uh, about the basketball I've so been focused so on the game it was about other things so that's why uh, people that's why people started to hear about it and wanted to come and play and and whatever and I, it was just a crazy time we had um, so when we started going on tour so when we got really successful we started going on tour in Europe and playing a wee bit in Europe and all that stuff and then Europe man wow. I, so, Europe, so we started playing out and we would have um, <laughs> we'd have like a tally yeah, keep going keep going <laughs> mate don't you can always tell when you get a wee laugh you know something's coming uh, so we'd, have, good. We'd, we'd have like a tally sort of thing to see you know who could come up with the worst disability so when we used to go night suit we used to tell lassies that we'd met the most elaborate story about how oh, disability. This and is the good like, stuff. We'd have like a board with like tally numbers on it to see and whoever won at the end, you know, had legend status. But there was pictures involved where guys would take their prosthetic half. So we'd have challenges like that where either if a guy had one leg, he would take his prosthetic half and get the mass mm-hmm. to puddle it while she was sleeping and then take a picture and all that. Like you had to prove it. Like, was, and then we used to have these small guys and we used to put them in, we used to wrap them up in Christmas packages and that and give them to like the nurses and stuff and they'd pop out and fight them and stuff. So we had like, we had like loads of challenges, do you know what I mean? So, and, and, and then we, do you remember soccer oh. then? Oh, I love it. They used to have that, um, that challenge, remember the people used to make a pyramid in the lift? Aye, aye, aye. I, so you'd, you'd press the button at the tap and then you'd have to make this human pyramid by the time you got to the boat or something. Yeah. I can't quite remember what it was. But we tried it every time we get in a lift. So no matter how big or small the lift was, we would try and do this, right? We were five A's. It was solid, man. We never achieved it. Solid. But, that became, but that became like a big hang and off. Like we couldn't get the last guy up because he was a bloody spinal injury and he had no balance. By the time oh we got like, God, by the time we got halfway up the pyramid, he was already falling and all that. Aye. So we couldn't, 
they picked the wrong squad for that. But I, no, great, but you picked the right time. squad for for getting yourself to international sort of stage, then, eh? Like, I so the, I the international stuff kind of came as a bit of a surprise. So Great Britain, I wasn't good enough anyway. So in terms of like people that played, you'll be good enough for Great Britain, but you can be good enough to go international. That's weird, isn't it? Uh, I, that is, me, is that just my thoughts? Is that no, are no, you that I, bad? I, I, are you in a squad that were really good? I, no, I kind of understand what you mean. Like, I think good enough, I was good enough to compete. Just no good. Enough. There was players that were way better than me. Like, but did you have your was was stats not like your points per game, rebut, like all that sort of stuff? Ah, uh, stats were all about the money. So this was all about kind of when you get paid as a. Uh, Para athlete or a disabled athlete or whatever they call it. You call yourself an athlete, man. You're an athlete. You were doing well. You was an athlete, mate. I was solid, absolutely. Was you were solid. solid. <laughs> what size their shoulders now, man? Oh, uh, mate. Honestly, it's just pure fat now, mate. That's good. <laughs> I wore, I wore a t-shirt. That, I wore a t-shirt that was two sizes too small for me. This is a nine XL. Got to see, like, like, man. Like, honestly, that's how it <laughs> is. Like. But um, I so they, so uh, I great Britain. Just players were too good, too good. Funnily enough, the reason why I became Scotland captain, I think, was because the coach that made the Wolverine Phoenix team became the Scotland coach. So right. naturally, he was going to take he was going to take Best his players. Uh, he's got, he didn't take all his employers, obviously, but he took a fair few. Players who were good enough. I he, he took a fair few years, and then I naturally I feel like you're not tooting your own trumpet here, Martin. You're sweating. Look at your sweat. You're sweating. Just, you're I'm absolutely, mate, that's the booze. Your hair's fine. Your hair is fine. That's and the pub's opened up yesterday. Mate, that's your fault. Have you seen how red that's... I am? Have you seen how red no. I am? Jane! Jane, get the <laughs> Oh my God. Definitely get Mother Jane in here, man. <laughs> you get Jean in there, man, she'll no stop. I swear to God. We had a Zoom. BBC Newsround had a, a quiz night every Wednesday night. And I was the quiz master this time. This live? Hmm? Was this for everybody or was that just yous? Oh, it was just for like, it was the whole newsroom. Just the team? Just and for the staff, I, I, yeah. Whole newsroom, just staff people, right? And then I says to Jean, Jean, do you want to help me out? You know what I mean? Because you're, you're trying to deal with the, the answers, questions, and all that. You're trying yeah. to, oh, I yeah, it's a lot to handle. I says, you can, help, you can help me out, man. <coughs> she, had, she was two gins down, man. And she, <laughs> she, and she, she does that thing that Molly and Dad's always do when they're going, like, now when they're looking at somebody through a screen with a lot of She was going, uh, Josh, <laughs> Josh, like that, just oh constantly, God. and she was. She ended up, she ended up pissed. How, man. how blue are your eyes, man? Oh my oh, God! Oh, that man, crystal. But um, things are blue. Oh, <laughs> you beautiful yeah, eyes. Very blue, very blue. You can't and see light through the reflection from my, my back door. Um, <laughs> Gav's got black eyes. Gav is black, <laughs> horrible. He's he's aesthetics makeup. Pure shark though. eyes. Pure shark eyes, man. <laughs> You'll see as the podcast goes on, mate, they'll get smaller and smaller the more I'm looking. No, no, no Gav's a beautiful man. Gav is a beautiful this human being. But um, what, I, what I'd like to get at, because we're going to move on for well, I don't know if we are. We might touch, how do you do it, sport? Oh, but no, we'll go on, we'll talk about your sporting career. But um, I, I lived in Australia for a while and I'd done, you know, like the, the Harlem Globetrotters. Aye. So I went to see them, my mate was working with them. And they'd done a half-time show. <laughs> and we were drunk the night before, and he was like, ah, they do a half-time show, and if you can do a lay-up, a free-throw, um, a two-pointer, a three-pointer, and then a Harlem Globetrotter, they do like a four-pointer for the halfway line. Aye. Oh, I'd do that, I'd do that, mate. No bother. <laughs> get me, you there. Get me, I'll do it. 
steaming. So the next day came, we got our tickets and we all went up and we went, no coming to me, man, there's 5,000 people here. There's no chance he's going to remember me talking to him about it. Oh, mate, this is brilliant. <laughs> so half time came, uh, we had a, there's a German brow house, he's not at in Melbourne, so you pay a five and you get two pints. So we had about three of them. Off we went, half time came. The boy, we called him Jesus because he looked like, like what we know, he looks like Jesus, right? So he came up and was like, Kenny, you coming? I was like, oh, oh no. Aye, mate, hey, Bora. <laughs> went down, oh, man, that if, is um, devastating, but it was horrible, but a wee bit of me was like, right, come on, you can throw a ball and a wee hook, you'll be fine, no bother. Watching people before it, everybody got to the whole point where they're throwing the ball for the halfway line. I'm like, right, well, can't be that bad, man. <laughs> and the guy, the guy just ripped the country at me for a minute. I'm going to co-op, man. I'm like, where are you from? Like, Scotland, he's like, you don't play basketball there. I'm like, I don't know it's right, okay, mate. I play basketball. We don't, but I'm, I'm going to try. And he's like, well, should we just stop just now? No, right, oh. right, so he was just taking contact of me. Burn the layup. He's like, good, well done, you. Free throw. <laughs> well done, you. <laughs> the free pointer came. <laughs> and they started shouting, hey guys, we got the fresh Prince of Bel-Air ball. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. <laughs> my attention's pure drawn towards him going, stop, <laughs> right? Stu, <laughs> <laughs> just stop. <laughs> and I couldn't get a free pointer in. It was the most difficult. I couldn't get power in my arms. I was just see, like, see when you're saying that there, that just, goes, that just goes back to what we were talking about, about banter. Can you imagine somebody Banders saying that? okay, but no, 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 Kenny, Kenny can you imagine somebody saying in Glasgow, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but they would get absolutely... <laughs> nah, mate, there's not everybody just... It all depends. People in the basketball scene might go, ha-ha, we know that one. Nah, You're shite. <laughs> so, <laughs> the basketball scene that I've ever seen is <laughs> like that. Exactly. Horrible, nah. man. I always said that I can always go. I've had the pleasure of like, standing in the court at right. Melbourne. It was like Olympic Boulevard at halftime, right. but I was made a fool of man big time. Well, the Aussies are pretty, they're pretty cutting with a banter. The Aussies, to be fair, like, this guy's American, mate. This guy tours oh, me. He looked like, um, he looked like uh, who's the rapper I'm thinking of? And it's really upsetting. I don't remember who the rapper is. It's no Will Smith. Dreads. I'm going to say dreads and you're going to hit Google. Every, every rapper's got dreads. He was really popular. Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. That's exactly who you look like, mate. Thank you. And I feel like you only know two rappers and that's why them. That's who looks like dreads. Will Smith and Lil Wayne. <laughs> I was so yeah. upset. That, that pure gave me so much yeah. respect for anybody that plays basketball regards it being on two feet or a wheelchair, man. Big. Yeah. God, you're talented. Oh, 100%. Um, Martin, what, what was he just on that? What was the competition like? Like, what? obviously, you get some good players, but see, did you ever get play against the players you're thinking, oh my God, that these guys are just. Oh, I definitely. Because you used to get. Um, I mean, obviously, like, you've got, you've got people that have got different disabilities, abilities, yeah. and like that. It's just a normal setting, right? But some. You used to get some ex uh, Iraq soldiers and stuff, do you know what I mean? Like, these guys were like. When they sat up in their chairs, they were practically just as tall as somebody. Uh, massive boys, man. But um, but I we would have times. There was there was one time when I played against a young boy, 
he plays for Great Britain. His name's Harry Brown, and I played against this boy when he was 16, and I was considered to be like a half decent player. People are like, Martin, you can hustle, he's all right. This boy tore me one man. I swear, <laughs> this boy ran me ragged for a whole like 50 minutes, man. I swear to God, I, I was so embarrassed. Like, he never just beat me, like, he embarrassed me. Nah. Like, just, and then it would get in the teams, you would obviously, you need competition in teams, you need it because yeah. if you don't, you just. What you're there for you become bit. complacent. Uh, you just... Ah, you do, but you get. You know, I mean, I used to get an when I became captain of the, just of the season. Normal I, I basketball, would... a normal what? basketball, like the NBA, and you know, twelve minutes, like a quarter. Yeah, so we had ten minutes. We had ten minute quarters, and they would have. I think we've got fifteen minute quarters in basketball. I'm not sure. Can't remember. But we would have ten minute quarters, but obviously the game would go on because you would have timeouts and stuff and whatever. Aye. So you'd have you play a game for about an hour average, yeah. just under. But I so you get that competition, you get it every but you need that you need that competition all the time. You need but it to push you on, definitely. Yeah. Aye, totally, man. And I was always grateful for it. I always used to get excited if somebody was coming, you know, that was of the same sort of stature or same build, same sort of game as me, I would always think this is good, you know what I mean? Because yeah. So see I'd, see just yeah. just very briefly, so see you know, a a one minute sort of what would you call it? a segment. I will call it a segment just because I can't think of the word I'm thinking. <laughs> The difference between normal basketball and wheelchair basketball? Wheelchair basketball, there isn't any difference really, apart from the fact that you can double dribble in wheelchair basketball, whereas you right. can't double dribble in able-bodied basketball. Able-bodied basketball also is, um, you can play the best five, whereas when you play wheelchair basketball, when you play competition, you're given a point, depending on your a number, depending on between one and five, depending on your ability and your disability. You're, all, you're only allowed 15 points on court, at one time, so I was a two. So you're only allowed five so bodies, and then their accumulative points can only fifteen points. Aye, so the way that it would, it was all to give people because what you would do is if you had it, it would be unfair with anybody with certain disabilities. They wouldn't get uh -huh. any anything, so they would give you a point depending on your ability and the and the to score. Uh, I will ability in the wheelchair and stuff. And about it today stuff, whether you can scratch your own nose or whether you can't. You know I mean, like things yeah, like no, that. No, 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 that. That makes sense. But, um, aye, so that's how it works. So, in international competition, like the Paralympics, I think it's 14.5 maximum points on the court or something. And so, you'll you'll notice that every player will have like a, a number, like a 2.5 or 1. And you'll notice that like, the lower the number is, the more severe. Sort of like the, the less ability you've got to do certain aye, things aye. in the chair and then the higher I think four point five is the highest you can right. you can have now. I'm not sure but that but that's the main difference in, in able body competition you would have um, right, the okay. best five on court. Whereas no, it's just it's, it's interesting to know just because if you get somebody who can just splash freeze well, well, we had, problems. We had, we had loads of guys that could do that anyway. So I, that was the thing about people's disabilities. You would always have the assessor coming and looking at you in the chair, but that was that had nothing to do how good how well you could play basketball. Do you know what I mean? Like really? it was just about whether you could lean and touch the ground and get yourself back up on both sides. Like weird things like that. Like kind of like gone for an assessment on your ability with the, a basketball. Ah, it's like, just like the operation side of things, isn't it? I totally so. But then there were some guys who had severe disabilities, but. As soon as you put a basketball in their hand, hi, they were magic. This is nuts, man. Like, it never ever ceases to amaze me sometimes whenever I mm -hmm. see guys that could throw up the perfect basketball shot but have no fingers. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a, guy called, some, there's a guy that done that regularly who I played with. Uh, no fingers, see, but, see, as well, Martin, see, see when you're talking like 
um, we'll see able-bodied basketball. Like they would quite a lot of times use their legs to obviously propel themselves, and you, it must take a lot more upper body strength to try. Well, pure core strength and pure technique. Aye, it's like it's not. Oh, it's just pure core. Like, and that's that's the main thing. And obviously, if you've got a good technique, it means you're not using as much energy and stuff. So you'd yeah. work. You'd work towards. It's basically like sitting in a seat and doing it. It's like if you ever sit down and try and throw up a basketball to a ten foot hoop. It, I can't even do it. I'm standing, mate. Aye, it, you know what? It <laughs> take... Gavin. Gavin's like four foot, like so he's really small. Right, mate. This joke's getting older, right? Gavin's legs. Gavin's legs. <laughs> if Gav sits in a in a chair, his legs are swinging. He's aye, like that. Um, like that wee guy, um, Dennis Waterman for Little Britain. Correct. Because <laughs> no matter what person yeah. you name there, I'm saying yes. Do you like a borrower? <laughs> like a borrower. <laughs> a borrower. <laughs> a smurf. Or a troll. He's <laughs> not a small person. He's every one of them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to get Kenny in this chat now. How did you two go to the same uni? College? College it was, oh, I um, it, There was a, a height, like, college thing, so he averaged <laughs> it. Did you feel sorry no, for him? <laughs> no, no, we met at college, aye. Um, aye. See, you're talking about basketball as well. Like, we, Kenny was quite a... I remember you being quite a decent basketball player. I was okay. Are you good as well? I was six foot. I'm six foot something. And aye, six foot is not six foot so don't try to get a couple of inches on you you're six foot right <laughs> six foot <laughs> I am five foot eleven and a half actually that's not what I'm saying you know you get people who if they're six foot something they don't know what height they are but if you get somebody six foot below they oh, know aye. exactly oh I definitely to the inch and the centimetre and the millimetre yeah if I lie down I'm the length of two elephants like, yeah. <laughs> yes aye aye yeah, I'm, five, I'm five foot six Kenny Five foot six and five foot six, that is a, that is a small man, I know. Small man, mate. yeah. <laughs> but no, like, I'm five foot six, six man. Like, I'm sorry, man. I'm, 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 I'm at least five foot five, but it's a different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can reach the bar, neighbor. Right. Well, the, good, the good thing is with that, though, Gavin, right, is that there's a few things that you can take for being small that I used to say to people that were height challenged in my circles, right? I used to say to them, you can fit into small places, which is fucking great, right? <laughs> and you've obviously got a bit of attitude because every small man got a bit of bite. It's just part Tindrum, of The small man syndrome, mate, of course. It's part of the, but then also, you feel the rain. Um, <laughs> so you get, you get, in your world, it doesn't rain as much. <laughs> Gav. Do you ever wish that that camouflage tap you were in the room was like oil your face and you died? I, I, I almost did, almost did see you there, Gavin. <laughs> Do you know what I was waiting? I thought Kenny, I thought that's the first thing Kenny's going to see me. No. I was wearing my t-shirt coming down, about to come on, I thought Kenny's going to see you. Need, me. You need yeah, to kind of see you. all the bullets in your gun and use them as and when you need them. <laughs> and that was one of them there. You better hurry up before you forget them. You're right, you're so right. Right, back, Martin, to, back to Martin. Know, Martin right, so when you go, Gav. We're talking about, um, you mentioned the Paralympics, right? So 2012 uh, Paralympics, you'd, um, you were a commentator, you'd done the media for it. Aye, that's right. So One of the guys. How, how did that come about? What was the, what was the sort of journey then? Pure luck. So my brother, one day I was, my brother, I was about to retire for the basketball and stuff, and my brother said Channel 4 are launching like a, a talent launch thing to find the presenter of the Paralympics in 2012, like, they want you to submit a video, like a one-minute YouTube video. You've probably seen it. It's absolute. No, but I'm definitely going to get it up. 
Honestly, man, it's garbage. I'm going to attach a link onto this it's, when we release it as well. It's actually garbage, right? So, <laughs> uh, I did the video and then they asked me to, I go through that stage and then they asked me to come down uh, to London uh, for five days to do the next phase where they put us through their paces and made us into wee media moguls and that. And then yeah. um, I got past that stage and then it was basically I had to move down to London and for a year and a half in the build-up to being the games, we had to basically prove ourselves every day. To So we went on placement, so I worked for nothing. I worked for nothing at Newsround. So Newsround was my first placement, which is weird. Um, and then ESPN for a while. Wow. Uh, Sky. Uh, I can't even remember the other ones. ITV for a while. Then Deadlit sort of placement. Loads of places. I uh, just to learn, just to learn the ropes, and then when we won the when we won the doing placements, we were in the Channel Four building, basically getting stripped down and getting built back up again to be able to write and tell stories in a concise manner that people. Inspire. No, you weren't. You were in the pub. I was living in Epsom at the time, you know, in West aye, London. Aye. It was for my um, Queens Park Rangers fans. And yes. I used I used so to go see, in the pub. Um, but no, just just briefly. What were you doing before the whole basketball media thing? Were you a joiner? Is that a uh, so I did the, so I worked at uh, City Building, which was like the council's yeah, yeah. and I did joinery with them for a wee while. Like Did you did you it. finish it? Did we a fully qualified joiner? No, 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 I didn't. I was only there for uh, two and a half years or something. But in that time, that was brilliant enough. So and cool. funnily enough, with that place that I worked in, um fifty percent of that workforce were disabled as well. Honestly. It's a thing, isn't it? It's a thing. It was, it was great, man. Never give a guy with neurological problems a nail gun. <laughs> neurological <laughs> problems. <laughs> oh Honestly, God. I tell you, man, we had a few, we had a few close, close calls in that place. Close really? calls. Close. It never quite happened. That's what Eddie signed, gave in it. Eddie signed. It was close calls. <laughs> it was close, man. It was no full calls. It was just close. <laughs> it was full calls anyway, because everybody was already damaged anyway. You couldn't hurt them anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's only so much more work you can do to people with that. But that was, but that was my mates still. A lot of my mates still working there that I keep in contact with. And it's it's so mad. It's like Monsters Inc. You know that way when you all walk in. So they all walk in, man, and they all like stamp their wee time sheet and all that, and they've got their. <laughs> you know what I mean? They've got their AV stations, and they've got a big job to scare people today. Like, it's that right. kind of thing, and then they all walk out with their wee lunchboxes and that and go home. <laughs> Brilliant. And the wee, the wee Monster Express comes and gets them and drops them out. <laughs> <brilliant. laughs> Bye. So, sorry. Back to the. So, how did the Paralympics come about? So, you've done so your channel four, you've done all your. Media. Aye, so then I went and left the carpentry and went and took a chance. We, they were paying us, I think, 12 grand a year to live in London. And wow. What? And it was mental, man. It was nuts. Uh, so I took the chance. The games, the games happened, and it was, it was one of the craziest times of my life. I'm going to be honest. It was because when we were in amongst it, my job there was to do the minority sports at the XL Arena. So like your uh, table tennis, watch your sitting volleyball. Uh, I can't even remember all of them, but I was I was covering the the different sports and then I was covering GB House as well where the athletes would come up with their medals with their families and they'd talk yeah. to them at night and all that sort of stuff but then I ended up becoming the weather guy in the morning right, oh, right. right. because you're a meteorologist I, oh, so, 
so what happened was um Rick Edwards, you know the presenter Rick Edwards? I don't know. He used to be T four and all that, but he was doing the morning show and basically the weather guy got sick. And I was in the office and he said, can you do the weather for us? And All I right. said, I'll do the weather for you as long as you let me do it my way. And he said, what do you mean by that? I said, oh, I mean what I mean. I, let, I get to do it my way. Like, if I tell the weather, I tell the weather, Martin. Like, Are you okay? <laughs> That's so I managed to get, I managed to get, this is where the Paralympics really came alive for me. It was fuck out to do with the sport. It was all to do with the weather, which is really weird. Really? Aye, I swear to God, right? So, um, ended up, <laughs> I got two of the security guys, right, who wore the glasses and all that with the hang, and I drew mm-hmm. these pictures out, like one with a big sun on it, and one with mm-hmm. like a bit of rain and all that, and one with a bit of wind, and I got the two of them to stand next to me, and when I said the certain thing, they moved the curds, right? But I, but I did it as if I was a hard man, so I, I <laughs> get my voice, and then I went... Why I can we not find this online? I don't think it's there now, but I'll try and get it after no. that. He's probably still got it. And then... So what I did, my, my pie after it was, and that's the weather, right? What like that? And like, <laughs> basically, like the whole studio were pissing themselves. So the next day, um, I was speaking to Rick Edwards the next day, and I says, oh, what am I going to do now? He's like, I don't know. I said, I need to go for a pee, man. Right, so I just decided I'm going to do the weather through the toilet. Right? What? Right. So <laughs> no, this is near you. You've just made this up. Going, right? So I swear to God, she's like, we're going to go to Martin now. And he's going to gaze well. And I had like a wee high-vis jacket on with a mop and a bucket, right? I'm out of the toilet. And I turned in and I turned in and I was like, I'm not, Channel 4 have decided that I'm not a very good presenter anymore. So they decided to demote me to clean the toilets and all that, right? So I started getting the weather. See, as I was finishing, a guy walked out and I said, excuse me, did you wash your hands? And then the camera cut to like, the studio and they were all like streaming greeting type thing like because I was doing that with the plunger and all that when I was talking about the heavy rain and they were all they couldn't talk so I ended up you know making a name for myself as the bad weather guy who was <laughs> that's brilliant end up, end up in some mad place we'll need, we'll need to try, you need to try and find something I'll, I'll, I'll need to try and find them. excuse me sir did you wash your hands is what I say to him but I can't quite <laughs> I can't quite remember how, how hard is it? How hard is it? you're doing things like that, to, or presenting or whatever. How hard is it to change your accent? I don't really change it now. So no. it was at the beginning because obviously when you live in Glasgow, you talk with a bit of a broader yeah. accent. But I think mine's happened quite naturally because my my daughter, you know, she she lives in Coventry and stuff. So you just kind of get used to it. I don't think that I change my voice anymore. I don't change it. I just think it's me all the time. But obviously, when you work in kids' telly, like. There's a, an element to it where you've got to really be diligent with yeah. how you're saying things and what you're saying and really t- in the tone and everything. But I still feel like that's me anyway. I don't feel like I change uh, anything anymore. But at the beginning, it took a bit of work, put it that way. Like it, I think that was one of Channel 4's things with me was always talking to me about trying to... Dilute, maybe like no, no change it, but just dilute the roughness a wee bit and try and make it so that you're going to be accessible to everybody and know... Yeah. No, just your Glaswegian pals, you know what I mean? But, but I, it wasn't that difficult, it just kind of came naturally. And then the Paralympics was so mad because, um, uh, so I had to do that thing in the morning with the weather, 
and then I would have to go straight to the Excel. So I'd got up at like five in the morning and then I wouldn't get to bed until 12 or whatever, right. straight back up. But I remember having this moment, right? I remember my mum phoning me because we were in this fucking crazy bubble. Do you know what I mean? And I remember my mum phoning me and saying, Martin, do you realise what's happening? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, everybody's talking about these games. Like, everybody's raving about the Paralympics, about how unbelievable these athletes are and like, how amazing Channel the four. People Channel are really loving this. No, nah, so basically, it's unbelievable. Aye, but I remember, do you remember the advert for it as well, like the superhuman oh, one? Huge. Yeah. Aye. Aye. Well, they did nice. spend a million pound on it, but there you um, go, millions. I spent a lot of money, but but I remember this one moment when I was sitting on on like the DLR in London or something, going towards one of the arenas or something. I saw this wee boy talking to his pal, and there must be about twelve. And he's like, "Did you watch the Paralympics?" And he's he's like, "Yeah, yeah." He's like, "Did you see that guy?" And he started imitating Richard Whitehead's run. Richard Whitehead's like a double amputee in the legs and he's got like straight um, prosthetics. So when he runs, he kind of outswings his legs. And I remember like, I was sitting next to my pal who was working with me at the time and I remember just looking at him going, what? I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Because like, nice. in, my, in my time, I'd never seen anybody imitate a Paralympic athlete before or speak about a Paralympic athlete and even know yeah. who they are. So... That was the bit where the penny dropped for me. And then when we st- when the games had ended and we kind of went back home with our daily lives, like everything just changed. Like everything Massive, was man. everything was so nuts. Like it was hard for any of us, like me and Alex Brooker, who does the last leg and stuff. So he went through the same aye. thing as me. So, so did you have scripts and stuff like that? Did you know, or was it just kind of left to you? To, like obviously you'll get a rough idea of what you're going to be talking about, depending aye, on... Well, we never had scripts, no. So... The way that my job kind of worked is obviously with the sport, you know who's playing, you know who we're looking at. So, you know, we're looking at GB athletes, we're looking yeah. and you know there's a chance that you could make it through or she could make it through. And then you explain the narrative about how the sport went at the time. Like, mm-hmm. so, so we would give ourselves scripts as the as the games were going on. You would write certain <clears> things <throat> down and then when it came to my time to talk, then I would have points that I would want to discuss or get out. Mm. And that was that. It was quite... Pretty relaxed story. We just say it's geez ninety seconds on, you know, whatever somebody's Somebody. doing. I just uh, just geez ninety seconds. On it. I suppose the main thing, like the main, and I still take this from me today. It's just always about the research for me. Like ah, especially we're working at Newsround now. Do you know what I mean? Because you're speaking to a younger audience about worldly events and things that are really important. And like they're soaking in. You've uh, got to uh, you've got to make sure that what you're saying is right, and you've got to know what you're talking about, and you've got to be able to explain things to people in a way that is easily digestible, which isn't with sport that's pretty easy because everybody talks the same way in sport. It's yeah. a bit of a cliche sport, and it you could read the same uh-huh. article about football as what you do about basketball. It's almost as if somebody's used the same blueprint. You know what I mean? But, so so that's all right though. Do you know what I mean? It, that's how people like it and that's how what? they like to take it in. But um so for us in terms of the Paralympics that was good. The difficult part was researching, remembering names, remembering the wee nuggets that people yeah. don't know. Like that—that that was the hardest part. Like, I find it um, facts and stuff, right? especially like you're saying, research in this day and right. age with the whole coronavirus thing. I, I think I've, I drove for where I live to the shopping centre, which is two minutes, three minutes away. <clears throat> Heard adverts like false information regarding coronavirus is rife, and yeah, had it two two times maybe in a three-minute drive, <sighs> just because the information you find Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Yeah. Uh, on the social media, it's, it's it's so bad. 
know. Well, this has been, you know, what see for a being news round has never been so prominent because of that. You know what I mean? Like when you, because we went, we've had two million, two million view, two million views in the last week. Like when it comes to not just coronavirus, but the Black Lives Matter movement and all that stuff yeah. and like whatever's Oof, happening. So see whenever something, and you're right, the information out there. That's the difficult part. Is like trying not to pay attention to. But even, do you know what, so see when you work in the media, but as well, see when you work in the media. But that's what I've found, see the BBC, I'll say, I'll say it, the BBC are guilty of this as well, and so is every other outlet. Like, if you, let's take the... You, you, you be careful now. Oh, no, I'll be all right. I'm dead <laughs> vocal. I'm vocal with my voice about the BBC all the time. Um, but it's that thing where, see if you show people pictures and you use certain words, it's harder to get people not to believe that. Correct. See, I you know what I mean? Man. Like, with that, with that yeah. rolling news all the time, you're... You're watching it, you're looking at these pictures and they're devastating all the time. It's always dead dramatic, in it? And then the words they use and your, like, ah, your, your brains, it would take you double, triple the time to reverse it. Un- if you had un- to. I unwind that. But I think I- like, something like news around is, it's something you're getting to kids. So when you think something who's been researched, blah, 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 fed on to kids, you would go, this has to be right. Like, there's no way yeah, totally, something is going to be fed to kids. Like, you've yeah. got to take it as gospel because... There's no way the BBC is going to feed absolute dribble and false information to kids. That. You, oh, need, no, you need to no. believe that sort of thing. But we, but that's the thing that we do. This is where um, people are most interested in news in newsrooms with the media when you work within it, like you guys or whatever, because you know yourselves when it comes to creating narrative and telling a story. The hardest thing sometimes when you're trying to put things on paper or when you're trying to show something is is actually keeping it short. No, yeah. I mean keep it consistent. You're always trying to overcompensate right, for something, yeah. but. I suppose for us, it's always been, we never assume knowledge. So see, normally when we watch something, we'll carry on from where we've seen the story go for last night. You know what I mean? So you go, oh, last night. So you assume people know. Whereas yeah, we never, never, never assume knowledge. That's a great scene. Aye, so you never oh, assume knowledge. Good. Never, never. And then what's really good about it is the hardest part when it comes to the, the tragic things that happen in the world is mm. trying to make it no scary. <laughs> no, I mean? Try to no make idea. it no scary. So... We've got, we've got to keep the script really short, keep it concise, stick to the facts. But then the good thing about Newsround is, is when we make videos and we, we create content, we can do it in such a way that's more creative. It doesn't look newsy. It's no a BBC sort of style. We use uh-huh. we can use graphics. We we have special uh, special uh, programmes, documentaries commissioned all the time if we need to go deeper into a story or whatever. And, and, I, and then obviously we all just get used to working with young people all the time so we know how to approach it. Yeah, so, aye, definitely. But what was it like? See, see when you were going on the sort of um, Paralympic stage, what, what what was the point? You, there must have came a point where you thought, wait a minute, I'm a boy for partake in Glasgow, mm. now on a massive stage broadcasting to the world. Aye. Did that hit you at any point? Nah, no, during it, it didn't. No. That's what no. I was meaning. So during it, it never really did because at that time I was, so I never get the chance to watch any of it. That's what I was saying. So I used right. to get up at four or five in the morning go to work Aye. and then when they get in till 12 so by that time it was all it was all done so I, I seen none of the games at all but I never but, got to see her see, see, see when you're carrying the torch Aye. did you see her face did you see her face in that picture man you look so unhappy man oh, <laughs> they feel man. they've dragged you to your bed and went Martin you need to do this now because <laughs> if your mom's went hey, you need to go to school get out, get out and go to school and you're like ah. I was raging, man. I was. You're the one that's going to light the torch. I was like, "What, man? I'm raging. <laughs> what? You need something else. Katie Betty. 
Went back there. He bet. He bet, man. She wants to. She wants a good touch, but no. <laughs> she loves lemons. Um, she loves does. lemons. She does, man. She's a proper arsonist. She loves it, man. An <laughs> But no, I think. I think that. Do you know what I think? There was so much going on at that time, and all like I never really understood what was happening then. You know, I never really. No, I, I think. Even like, he says to me, "Oh, you're going to be lighting the torch." I just thought that they meant my own torch. So I was like, "All right, cool." So uh, then, when we got to the end of the line, the guy had to tell me to come up to the stage because I didn't know what he was talking about. So he's like, ah, you "Really?" Know, and I'm going, "All right." And then I'm, he's like, ah, "Just put the torch there." He's fucking <laughs> telling me what to do. I'm just, just a spectator at my own uh, show, apparently. No, actually, I, I can't believe. I, see, see Channel 4, see all the channels. Like, I, I don't know how many people listen to this, right? But my Yankee channels, I was a boy, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Didn't really have Sky too much, but see Channel 4, it was dead. Edgy. Aye. And they, this they, is they, how, they, this is they how went wild, mate, man. They, they were uh, pretty fucking cool with it because it was you know so what was like, funny about that? made you watch it. Made you Aye. watch it. Totally, man. But you know what's funny about that whole thing that you just said? Channel 4, literally. The, the bosses who ended up being my bosses who, who dealt with the Paralympics who were in charge of getting that output out there, they were all pissed in a pub one night. Yes. And the, the, de- and the deadline for the for the pitch, for channels to pitch, was like two days away. And somebody went, let's take the Paralympics. And honestly, and they ended up throwing a pitch within a day. And they, no committed, they committed to over no. I swear to God, right? But that's how... That's how most of our, see when we worked with Channel 4, that's how most of your creativity came out, because they would just like, they just take you out, right? They would just take you out and be like, right, what do you think about when we'll go out for the day, but they'd take you to big post places and all that, where you'd be like, this was just looking, you know what I mean? And like, Intense. Ah. You get any tenants? And they're like, ah, hi, exactly, mate. I was like, ah, yeah, man, do you get buck fast on tap in? No. Because <laughs> Partick Taverns go to it. <laughs> what does I've, I tried, I've never tried Buckfast out the bottle, but I've tried it out of the. Uh, other other ways? Uh, I've tried it, I uh, know, at the bottle, but out of the. That's another story for another day. <laughs> um, no, I tried it out the the draft one, whatever the Partick Taverns. Aye. I tried it out Did they have that in draft? That's disgusting. Uh, they did have it in draft, they had. They had this a minute. puppy one, and all they had like a slot. I bought a fast puppy thing at one point. That was oh, quite good. it's wrong. Get into the main. Each what? to their own, Martin. Nevertheless, let's go back to the Channel 4 big wigs. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, so that was fun. So that was a bit mental. So I spent most of my time working with Channel 4, either getting feeling emotionally drained or feeling pissed. <laughs> but, good balance. Oh, man. it was, And obviously, I had like, Alex Brooker and all that was coming up with me. And, and whatever, and he is, he's funny, man. He used to have me in stitches, I swear to God, but um, he's doing well now. But we could kind of see, we could kind of see towards the end when the games were just about to come on that we could uh, we could make a real crack at this, do you know what I mean? We could have a, a real good go and we could actually be making something happen here. Something could be happening that, that we don't really understand or whatever. Hi. But there's something positive, something good's going to come out of this. And it, and it did. You work quite closer with we, no we, I'm saying it, are we Alex Brookers if he's my pal? Oh Alex, I mean him, so mean him, basically that, that talent thing that I went for, that started uh-huh. all this off, he, he, we did the same thing, it was the same, wow. same thing, so he was, he's I fucking, was, sorry I swore there, but he's real big time now man, like, uh, his leg and well, every man, other show man, he's he did that documentary, My Disability and Me, 
recently. I think he did. Aye. Aye, I, I slagged him off about that one, mind you. But, <laughs> that's right. but, Did um, you see that go? <laughs> What's your bank balancing? <laughs> that's just what he says to me all the time, mate. But, <laughs> Uh, he just, just likes me off because I'm skinting, he's no. But, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, nah, so we all came up together and there was a whole a great team of people, like, all the time. Just I don't think there's ever been a, I don't know, I don't I don't watch, this is, sounds pure terrible, but I don't watch our Paralympic Games, but see, even Channel 4, or something about Channel 4 that I love, like, dead edgy, dead forward, there's no, they, 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 they think everyone in your face. Aye, I think, I mean, I think they're, no, they're no as worried as maybe something like BBC or... When you look at some of the shows that have been on, like eight out of ten cats does count, like do you know that sort of way? Do you know what I mean? Like, Aye, they're great. They're very... You know what? There's certain Aye. types of people that work at Channel Four, and you can imagine the types of people they are. So have you, ah. if you've got in your mind is who works at Channel Four, you're right. That's exactly right. That's who works there. Do you know what I'm? But they just weren't scared to take risks, but at the same time, amazing. Everybody was amazing at their job, and they're such. Amazing creative people, you know what I mean? Like the ideas they come up with, they were so they were so determined to get the disability aspect right and to make they threw it, they threw it in your face, and they they weren't shameful to do it. And they just went, Watch us, that's what it needed. It needed that. The BBC, it broke barriers, it broke so many barriers. Oh, big time. And it it wasn't until after when the games had finished and the dust had kind of settled that we had realized realized how big it was. All we're part of something pretty big there. Like that was pretty Mate, cool. I, like, I, was, I don't. I mean, I don't. Don't get me wrong. I don't think I could go through it again. <laughs> to be honest. But did you? But, did you think it stressful? Did you? I, I found the whole you... process because I wasn't too sure whether I was going to get the sack at one point because it was people. I think over like, I can't remember how many thousands of people applied for that talent contest thing, but only eight of us made it to the end. So it was like constant. There's an, art, there's an article online, a daily record, and that saying that your brother told you to apply for it and. You missed Aye. the birth of your daughter for five days and Aye. you pushed on, you went for it and you went for it. Right, was it? Is that true? I never met, so I was there during the birth that I left on it. So daughter was born at six in the morning, I was on a train at 12. Didn't right, 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 okay. Oh, that's, that's okay. Oh, <laughs> no, like, you, <laughs> no, no. I will let you agree with that one. It's needless to say, me and the daughter's mum aren't together anymore. Nevertheless, you went through the... That's mad, like... I, I know, Mum. She's pretty well, and she would not fuck it if you missed. Man, to be fair, to be fair, I've got a lot of people to thank for it. Do you know what I mean? That's it. I mean, I did work hard to get there. Don't get me wrong. I, I made sacrifices. I worked hard, but there are people to thank. No doubt about that. Like my, my daughter's mum, Vicky. Like she, I don't know how she put up with it when she did. God knows. God knows. Because we had no money. I was near there. No, I mean, it was just nuts. It was just crazy. I that's what the article says. I think it's the daily record. It was the record. Aye. Uh, I remember, you know, I remember for X, Y, and Z, and X, Y, and Z, and push, aye. push, 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 and you go up with your own, aye, aye. And, and... and then that's it. I mean, I suppose, so after the games, I, I get told when I was at Channel 4 that I'd be doing T4 when it finished. So they said... T4? Aye, so, they said, so they said, once the games are finished, we're going to put you on T4 with Jamila Jamil. So I was right. like, cool. I was like, no bother. Fine. Um, but then it got decommissioned. Uh, oh. So then I was kind of like just as years went on, aye. aye. So that's what happened, and then I ended up with Newsround. They came back and got me. So Martin, what's what's the see see your nerves, right? Because I'm assuming you must have got some sort of nerves, right, when you're presenting aye. something or whatever. Do they ever go away? Do you still get a wee bit of? Uh, 
No, I don't think you can't allow them to go away. But it, but yeah. it, it changes. But in a sense, so when I when I first started doing live broadcasting, like doing live stuff, then you get that kind of nerves when you go, "I'm going to throw up, man." That kind of nerves. No, I mean, like, I'm going to, I'm going to absolutely have chunder here, man. I'm, I'm out. Chunder. Chunder, I'm starting to get my glass region vocabulary, but I'm loving it, man. I just find the word chunder's weird. It's actually a horrible word. It's actually horrible. We'll go for it and run with it, though. But I, we'll refuse. You will never say Oh my god, I was totally going to spew. My god, but um, but no, I thought, but now I don't get the the sicky feeling. I get the butterfly feeling now. Why did it? But um. Still nervous, and I stick, but I fuck up all the time. Like the kids, yeah. that, I, the kids that watch news round, man, all the other days laugh at me because I just, I just constantly fuck it up. But, <laughs> but I, but Is I start, it that bad? You can't be that bad. Nah, I don't. When I say I fuck it up, like I don't fuck it up in a in a monumental sense. Ah, you, like, you can uh, get away with it, kind of thing. The odd word. Right, but say for example, I try and tell a joke at the end or something. So they were, ah, they were right. Talking, so they were talking about how I remember this one on news rounds in the studio where there were somehow Thailand police were giving away pineapples for some reason to stop traffic. It was a weird story, right? I can't even remember what the story was. <laughs> but after it came up after it came up with a joke saying that why did the pineapple cross stop the road that ran out of juice or something something shite like that, right? But I got it in reverse and I fucked it up and I went and I said the joke and then I just stood there and looked at the camera and went Nah, that's not right, is it? No. <laughs> and like, and I'm just like, let's just roll on. Like, roll VT. So I think, like, do you know what I mean? Like, roll just, VT. I, I, I just have a bit of a laugh. Keep flaming. I, I just have a bit of a laugh. Right? But I think that's another thing we, we what I've done is we newsroom journalists are like, so we've got a, a team of newsroom presenters and we've all got our own sort of individual niche thing that we bring. I see see on the news round website you're a hard funny man. You're a hard man to find. Well I with news rounds, I know because I'm the thing is cause I the thing is that's the thing about I don't know if you found this when he's with it college and doing the media hanging all that stuff, but everybody wants to be a presenter. Do you know what I mean? Like everybody in their dog, right? Wants to be a presenter. Like, oh I'm gonna be a presenter. You're like, all right, good or a radio presenter or do something, which is fine. But see me, man, I've, I've always been more interested in the making of stuff and all that. Like the other team, like the other ones, the other people that they, they, they're just like screen hungry, man. They want to be like, Aye. they want to be doing stuff, which I think is great. But this has been difficult on the newsroom website now because obviously I've been working from home. So, yeah. but when I'm back in Manchester, I'm usually the one that's in studio. So that's yeah. how I'm that's how I'm very rarely on the website itself because I'm usually. No, no, I just I just feel like mentioning that because I was like, ah, I'm t- I'm trying to find you. You find out the last thing you put out, and I'm like, no, the last thing I put out was International Jokes Day, I think, and I I read out some of the jokes that some international of the international jokes. Right, Martin, uh, tell us yeah. your favourite joke. Uh, oh, the best favourite joke ever? No, just your international. Oh, one. I can't do that, man. Because I don't like to discriminate against jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have. I'm not a favouritist. Like, what is what is your favourite ever joke? No international oh, joke day thing. I'll, no, but I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one that I like because I'm right. such a dad joke guy, right? Oh, I love yes. a dad joke. Love it. Oh, look, man, I'm I'm terrible with dad jokes, right? Because I like any joke, man. I laugh at anything. Swear to God, right? But my Just make sure you present it well, man. Just don't <laughs> have that up. Eh? I'll try my best, right? I'm Roby starting D. to get butterflies, but I'm getting it in a chimney, like. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but I turned, my daughter turned to me the other day and she, she says, Dad, um, 
uh, a snail went to the doctors. I was like, did that? She went, I snail went to the doctors. And the snail says, um, doctor, doctor, I've, I've lost my shell. And the doctor says, how do you feel about that? And he says, sluggish. Nice. <laughs> Absolute gold, man. <laughs> do you know that part? Do you know that, that, that joke that, gold? That's the kind of stuff No, that, that is class. No, that's good. That no, you need to appreciate I'm such that. A, I mean, end of the day, when I'm with the boys and they tell me their jokes, man, they're so in the gut. You can man. never repeat them. Ever. Oh, no, you can't. No way, them, man. No way. When I was out last night with some of the boys, man, we hadn't seen each other for in a pub for ages and it just... Uh, it's weird. I, I've not been there. I've not done it yet, but I feel like, Billy, you've hit like this big, like, there's a car and when you fill a car, it gets full and that overflowing petrol or diesel right at the end of the car, like, come on, there's jokes. Like, you can't <laughs> win, we just, like, just relax. <laughs> We've watching each other and just can't just that. Do you remember when we were younger, right, when you are about you know, 17, 16, you start going to the pub a wee bit and you get that crazy excited feeling. Excitement? Man. I the mad weirdness. Oh, well, you've gone out. That's what it was like yesterday. Aye, <laughs> nuts, so, so I kind of escalated very, very quickly. But anyway. Aye, and it lasted just a bit too long. Too long, yeah, mate. So. We definitely spilled there. That was for sure. No, all right. We'll, we'll move on while Gav's away because I can't believe he's been so unprofessional in doing that, but... Absolutely terrible, mate. He's left us with a wee Disgusting. Leg from the park, I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't do I that. I know, mate. I know you've only done it twice, so don't be. It's don't just be, don't, don't be rude. Just, just because we broke the shield, but if you broke the shield, now you're just like going every two seconds. The shield would have been broken. I've had uh, too many beers and just the excitement that you came on has got the better. Uh, was that what it was? You need to be sedated? 100%. Yeah, it is. Uh, no, I don't need to be sedated, but. <laughs> sedated with the beers, just, uh, just to calm my nerves, man. Just a couple because it's such a big lad and with such a big presence as yourself. Oh, is... oh aye. How did you get on with Des? Because I worked with Des Clark recently. Have you worked with him recently? Aye. aye. Right, well, you need to tell me that. Aye, <laughs> so well, the rest of the questions we're going to ask you there are just irrelevant. Yeah, Des doesn't Des. do. I was do and Des doesn't do one of his TV shows. Oh, he never shared that. Not that he knew you were coming on, but. No. No, we did that together. So, aye, we did that. When was it we did it? Last year, this time last year, we filmed it. Yeah, okay. What are you doing? You might as well share it the new. Nobody listens to this anyway. So he, so he, um, he basically, um, Des is scared of everything, isn't he? Like, yes. so he doesn't like, he learned. <laughs> doesn't like dogs, or he doesn't like high heights, he doesn't like water, he doesn't like oxygen, doesn't like breathing, scared of everything. He just, he likes a radio studio and Des will live in that. Quite contently. And yeah, actually, Des would live in his wee bubble if we could. But we worked on a show. We basically, they, they created a show where they would challenge Des to to do Good stuff they wouldn't do. Um, aye, exactly. And I was in the final episode where I'd really put him at his paces because I did. They picked it out because I did Australia's first wheelchair bungee jump or something. So oh, really? I've I've done a bungee jump in my wheelchair for like. How did the landing go? Are you going to tell it us that? It went really well, actually. The landing went really well. So I managed because of, because of physics. Because you're a boss. Because right? <laughs> I'm an absolute weapon, mate. Right. Um, I did a wheelie off the platform so that the wheelchair stayed in the same position. So right. it went. It dunked me underwater, but it went wheels first. Ah, right, okay. Well. No, because it's, it's all about, Because aye. why did you choose to get yourself underwater at some point? No, like, why, it, why did you not know, just let it a 
a big great field, three mile long. Where it was funny because the whole right, okay, well, it was all, I, well, no, no, no. I just, you just need to tell me it was comic value. That's fine. Yeah, I just I mean, felt like. Just like oh, that's the that's jump. where you chose to do it. That's why. Right, you're going to bungee jump into water. There you go. Hi, there you go. Isn't that a logic there? If you do it in concrete or grass, I just need to, to know. Really but, hot. But anyway, um, he so they basically made me his mentor for this three days to try and encourage him to like do these tasks. So the first task is we went to M and D's and went on the crappiest roller coaster. That I've ever been on in my life. So he did that, and then we went to that go ape place the day after. Oh, aye. Uh, yeah, no, I have a foil on it. Is it something no, like that? He didn't, he, didn't take, he didn't take to that one too well. Uh, that <laughs> one. <laughs> Big zip wire hang, and then the third one was a bungee jump at the SECC. Oh, uh, that's, that's uh, the um, that's the big crane. The way that this ended up is we went up on, he's really scared of heights, he is genuinely. Skydive. I felt that there was a, a skydive, sorry, I felt this was the big skydive sort of thing. No, but no he was, was supposed to do a skydive. He was supposed to do one, but he, but he, he decided... Oh, that... Aye. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Jez. But the story, the way it went, is that it was pouring the rain that morning. It was windy. And, like, we're up in this big crane or whatever, and he's standing there, and I says, do you want me to go first? And he says, aye, Martin. You know what he's like, dead. aye, Martin, you go first, pal, right? You go first, get it. You hey, Martin, you it. you'll be the best. <laughs> you do, you know that, man. You're, you're brilliant, so you'll get out now. Like, see you later, pal. Sayonara. Right. I'm worth burning you, Martin. If you die, <laughs> then I'll go. I'll go <laughs> doing it. <laughs> and then something happened. So he, so basically we, because it was windy, I stood up and I slipped. And when I slipped, half my body went out of the, the, Carrier edge, so I was yeah. basically looking down on oh, the hang right, and he, and Des had this like exponential meltdown, man, where he was just like, "Oh my god, like, I'm not there, not that, like it was proper." And then it ended up, and anyway, I did the jump, went down, and Des was just like, "Nah, I'm not doing it, man." I'm not so who's this? Is this being aired? Is this? Is this I aired on BBC Scotland. Aye. October time I or something. Did you watch it? 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 Did you no you can't, you can't give somebody a hard time for being, not I mean, for being yeah. petrified. It's something. something. And he actually, it doesn't, you know it doesn't help no. when you go to there and it, it doesn't look right. Aye, but what was funny between me and him was it was my job to try and encourage him to come on, Des. Just one foot in front of the other, Desmond, and like he. And he, after, when the camera stopped rolling, he's like, ah, Gunny, you fucking shut up, man. I just, all <laughs> oh, I can hear is Martin, you. Do you know what you should have said to him? Man. Bet you don't, you're a shite bag. I, I did. No, no, no. Did no, you the word is, the sentence is, shite bag if you don't. That's the one. That has brought me. He says to me, I know you are, but what am I? That was my first one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, was like, I, I know you need to admire that. I was like, grow up, man. 
See, see one of the shows. So I'd seen a wee article. Obviously, you done a show, um, totally senseless game show. Uh, uh, what was that like? I wrote that. So that was like. Is that you wrote that? Aye. So I oh, wrote, I wrote a comedy show, which was kind of like a mix between, what well, a game show on its own right, but then uh-huh. uh, there was like a, a bit of act, like a scripted element to it, yeah. the background in between the the games sort of thing. So um, BBC Three liked it. I wrote it, submitted it to BBC Three. Asha Tala, who's the guy who produced The Office. Um, oh, he, the Office. I gave Brilliant. him the script and he liked it. So it was his production company that, that gave it the batting. Um, and then I, 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 I co-wrote it with a, a lady called Gina, Gina Lyons, who's really funny. And basically BBC Three took it as part of their Disability Awareness Month sort right. of thing. Aye, so we did that. Filmed one episode that was really good, really funny. Like, had a great time. So, why can we not find it online? Uh, I'm not too sure, but I can That's send you it. That's your weird question. I can send you it if you want to see it. Oh, definitely. I watched the first episode. The first episode is on YouTube. I watched the what first one, It's uh, pure weird, what, though. What one? It's about se- series one, episode one. Uh, do you mean Des doesn't do what one are you talking about? The... No, no, I'm talking about your, your, um, your oh, TV show. Oh, do you know what I mean? Is, is that no totally is that no senseless game show? Oh, the totally senseless one. Uh-huh. I did I'm Spasticus, which was a series. Oh, that was hilarious, by the way. I watched, I've seen a couple of them today. I was looking through some clips. That uh-huh. was like, because do you know, it's, you know what I really admire, right? Is the comedy element uh-huh. of somebody being disabled and they're just taking it in a stride and have a laugh with it. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And some of, the, some of these people just did not know what to say. Oh, man. There was, it was hilarious. There was some crazy times, man. I tell you, that was a great show to work on. There was a guy, did you see the wine guy, Tim? I seen the one with uh, his girlfriend had left him or something like that. Aye, did you see the one with the big dildo? Did you see that? Aye, aye. Did, aye, did hey, you see the, the, rank, the rank shot? Oh. Jerry. Well, let, let, Martin, let Martin explain all what it is. Aye, so basically, it's like a, a sketch show where we would go about and create scenarios surrounding disability to make people feel awkward. And it was all, <laughs> but this is like obviously hidden camera stuff, like it wasn't. So then Tim was blind and he had this beautiful house, and I can't remember what it was. <laughs> but the postman would come in, man, and he'd get. The postman to develop, and he's like, "Can you open it for me, please?" And we'd be in the house, man, and he'd have his dressing gown on or whatever. And he, next minute, man, he's like, "Can you open it and let me know what it is?" Sorry, I'm blind or whatever. He don't know, man. It was just a big, massive dildo, man, like the size of fucking North America. And like, so this was this was your show. Aye, this was part of the show that we were in. Aye, and then um, the postman would be looking at him, going, like, ah. "He's like, can you tell me what it is, that?" And he's like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, these things like, and then there was um, and then there was the money for a disabled person, the one that I did where I'd be there'd be a charity bucket. And then there was a guy called oh god, what was his name again? Simon, who had like cerebral palsy but he, he had like an electric chair and he's he had slurred speech and actually like right, right. money for a disabled person and then somebody would put money in the bucket and then I would give them a disabled person. So, oh my god, man! <laughs> and Simon is... would come out, but the problem was we nearly we nearly got ourselves into trouble for enough because um, when I gave Simon away to this guy, he ran right, and Simon chased him, and like the guy nearly get knocked down by a number seven bus in the middle of Coventry. He was that scared? Oh no, we don't need that. We so we had that. we had fun, but um, writing the writing the ideas and the sketches for that was 
un- unbelievable man. Oh, I can imagine that. And then doing it, you know, day, having the boldness to... The execution must be, have been pure tension ridden, man. Oh, I mean, what, man. How can, how can you keep a back. straight... It's more how can you keep a straight face during something like that? I don't know, man. I'm going to be honest. We did this thing and all we pretended that we were, there was a new pilot for a new singing reality show. And we oh. go... God, and then... For a new singing reality show, and one of the so we get. Do you remember the band Platinum? No. The group, Platinum. No, they sang no. like a really crap song back in the day. But anyway, <laughs> we managed to get the guys for Platinum in and a few other like Z list celebrities or whatever, and yeah. get them to test to judge. And it was things like Death Row, but it was D E A F Row, and it was just like we were playing this video, and it was no sound, and it was just guys sign language doing like a rap and that. And we, the camera would be watching us, watching them, watching that, and it was just like, oh, oh man, it was, it was. It's um, funny. It's funny to exploit like that sort of thing because there's like that's what I, I really appreciate about reading day and stuff like that because there's a lot of people who who get really nervous about speaking about disabilities and stuff I, like that and they don't know how to how to cope. I, with well, it that's part. That's part of the problem, Robert. I think is that. Do you know it's my life's work is to make people feel awkward like that's how I aye, feel about aye, it but I mean that in a good way but people always ask me do you want to be like an activist or something I'm like definitely not yeah. you know what I mean like I couldn't, I couldn't be somebody who lobbies it for but I just like to do it in other ways if I can get a kick out of it and I can get a laugh that's the best way to do it for me but I couldn't be like a you know aye, like, aye. Like, see, all, see all the shows and that and the opportunities what was Channel 4? Did you never take that to Channel 4? I feel like I did because like, I was going to do and what was, the, what was the other TV shows? That... Totally Senseless. So it was Totally Senseless Game Show and then there was um, Channel 4 was, this was, I'm Spasticus was Channel 4. Uh-huh. So, Channel okay, 4. So Total Senseless. I mean, that makes sense, doesn't it? Aye, makes uh, sense. Total Senseless Game Show was BBC 3. Um, uh-huh. And it was all celebrities and it was, it was, aye, it's like Casey Batch. They've whipped it. it. They have whipped it. There's only one episode online and it's a pure slow, like it's like a half speed sort of thing. Aye, that's right. They changed. I don't know why they did that. I think somebody tried to put it on YouTube and BBC3 messed about with it. But uh, I'm okay. not sure. That's what you'll find online. That's, that is exactly what you find online. It's pure I have seen like, that. So I've seen it. I'll send you the real one. It was really good. So, like, we got a good deep behind. It looked cool. How people are perceived in the media, you know what I mean, in certain aye. roles, you know what I mean, like aye, um, you can... a, a floor manager, or a producer, and all that. Like you've always got your kind of um, stereotypes about. Aye. So see, see, just kind of slightly off topic, but kind of on that. See, what's it like for you? Like, see, do you look for new gigs to get? Obviously, you're doing news and stuff like that, which is brilliant. Do you ever, do you ever look for other gigs, or always, do you get, a, do you get approached, or does your management? Can I do that for you? I, get, I mean, I get approached, but the thing is, is my work's not done with newsrooms yet. So the, the, I think that's the problem with media sometimes and about what we're doing is that everybody's always looking ahead to see where they're not there yet. So I think, yeah. where, uh-huh. I think for me, it's been a slow build. So what, what, once I'd finished the Paralympics, what I wanted to do was, it's getting a bit deep now, but what I wanted to do was I wanted to take an audience with me sort of thing so I wanted to start off with a young audience be able to write tell stories have yeah. the opportunity because BBC is amazing like the opportunities you get within the BBC I have so many different paths so many different paths radio, TV online you've got Five Live you've got BBC Sport you've got do you know what I mean it's yeah. like 
you've got all that podcasts, you've got everything you really wanted to use it so you may as well as expo- is make it work for you sort of thing but so for me what I want to do is when I'm finished with news round which won't be too, too long but when I'm finished um, then that audience that's watched me then I'll go and do something with that audience yep. as again so that they're always following you across to another platform so aye so you're being greedy you're going right I think you to follow me basically um, that youth that youth follows me I'm going to go and a uh-huh. You've uh-huh. me for five years. I'm going to make it a wee bit older. X, Y, and Z. Aye, no, no, right. hey, you are a smart cookie. Aye, it's going to be done. So you, you need your Mate, you've, got, you've got... You can add two to your audience now. Aye, good, mate. Keep on getting ratings up. Get the ratings up. Aye, how are you getting ratings up? Aye, you're getting your ratings up. Certainly, you're not. I'd like to do radio, I think. I worked at BBC Radio 1 for a while and did all that sort of stuff, but... And I got off of you, the, the ones you've got a few pictures on uh, Twitter. Or well, they asked me, the is, this, is, this is what media can do sometimes, just because I, I was working with BBC Radio 1, they were training me, and they were going to make me one of the presenters, and then I got the Glastonbury gig. Um, we did that wee article today, didn't we, Kenny? Aye, so I got the gig, but the problem, the problem was I didn't get to go to Glastonbury because Brexit happened. Oh, so, how, would that, how does that disrupt... Politics, mate. BBC politics is always at hand, so it's hey, funny. Oh, hey. <laughs> you need to, can you explain or can you know? Aye. But, but Aye, Rangers, so are, Rangers are winning 2 0 against Leon, just to let everybody know. <laughs> Great news. Great news. So, um, of course, I'll tell you the story now. So, um, basically, uh, Brexit happened that morning, on the morning that I was supposed to go to, to Glastonbury. Glastonbury. And yes. basically, my boss said to Glastonbury, he's no going to Glastonbury now because we need them to go to London to cover Brexit. Oh, right, so it was just that. Yeah. It was just you were pulled to the other different story. They just basically yeah. pulled rank and just went, but, you know, that's, that's just part of it. So I, I, radio would be the next thing I think I'd like to do and, and all that. So like TV, I've done quite a lot. I've been really lucky because I get to do live TV most days yeah. and live content and travel where the world would be news around. But I think when, I, when it gets to a stage where I need to leave there, then radio is the next best thing because you're, you're still got that live element every day talking Aye. about stuff. Whereas I don't... What was the, what was the most nerve-wracking sort of situation you've been in when it comes to reporting oh. or oh, any sort of media? I've been in quite a few now, I think. Uh, I think we're... You know, there's been a few, but the one that I can remember recently was when we went to the... Remember the refugee camp in Cali? Oh, um, and it, so all that kicked off. And so I was in the camp. I was in the actual jungle area where things were happening. And one of the guys, we've had a few situations where these people are in like dead, dire sort of living situations and whatever. And we walk up with our camera and stuff. And then, I mean, we're going to get... Jealous, eh? Uh, we get the other side. Snuts and bolts, eh? They uh, wouldn't let us leave until we paid the money and stuff. So that was pretty... And then, Covered stories in Brazil when we were in Rio doing the Rio Paralympics, like we'd find ourselves in some pretty strange scenarios when it came to the favelas and stuff. So, but I just think that's like that. Part and parcel. I've never felt I've never felt in any in any at any time in my in my job really. I've never felt like my my life was at risk or anything like that. Never ever, especially with the BBC. I've never felt that way. I remember um, when I was in. Rio, um, me and my pal at the time, we were going out and we had the fear, obviously, getting robbed and mugged 
It's legit. We went out. We went out with like no enough. We went out with like fifty AIs to to go get a couple of beers, get a meal, and get abroad. No, no, that we lived in fear. We just we knew we had enough to. If we get mugged, we get mugged. It wasn't a big deal. We were walking on the beach one night in Rio, and uh, all you saw was three bags that lifted, and a family of people just chasing them. And really? Like, oh, you can't do anything, man. Like these kids, these kids are trained, man. They're, they they are not. And it's not their first time. Nah, so they know. Just poof, disappear, man. Yeah. And it went to one person, and it probably went to three other people. So it was. If anybody caught anybody, it was all I never stopped tied up. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's, ah, a shame, a, like. it's a weird, it's a weird city in it because you, one side of it looks really rich and really good, and you've got, and then you look at the other side, and it's just pure poverty, like within. That's exactly like, it. Man. Literally, you like, see where the favelas. Like, I know last day my mate went up the favelas, and he was like, it was crazy. But I went to um, the National Stadium. What was the name of the National Stadium, Gav? Oh, the Maracanã. Maracanã, correct. You Martin's there. Where are you, Gav, man? Just I didn't know anybody, mate. So socks up. Martin, um, no, thank you so much for rescuing yeah. me there because I don't know what I'm saying. You paid like three hi's. I would ruin the American eye. It was just because I didn't have sun cream. I had no sun cream. I had <laughs> oh, a pale man. Boy, era, that, it? <laughs> I, had, I had no sun cream. I am an exceptionally pale man from Scotland. Yeah. Um, and my mate, he had a all the tan skin in the world. He went up a favela and he was like, ah, pff, it was scary, man. Ah, he's horrible, real scared. Man. Horrible. It's real, he loved real it. Real life but... stuff, man. Real life stuff. Like, not to be, you'd be daft if you were getting up there thinking that it was going to be all nice and rosy and touristy, you know what I mean? Aye, aye. Aye, aye, but that's been another element when you showed me, I'm really thankful they trust me enough to send me to these places, I suppose, so. 100%, it's a cracking job. When you see when you think about, do you ever sit back and think, Aye. Know how lucky you are because you've worked hard to get there. They actually think how lucky I am. What I do, everybody's got a job where day to day it can make them feel a bit crap. But political stuff in your job and Aye, dealing with people every day can be a bit stressful. But I think every once in a while when we do stuff or when I've been somewhere, I've just got back to Fiji actually um, in January. <laughs> Fiji? Check, check you. you may, I, <laughs> did you send I me? I feel like one? you're trying. You're trying to live my life, man. I was in Hawaii, you know, like many Aye. years ago. No, uh, we're, we're never too far apart. No, <laughs> but I paid to go there. You have me. <laughs> you got paid to go there. Uh, exactly. What was Hawaii like? Is Hawaii good? Oh, man. You said I, that was I, your I favourite place was, when you went travelling. Oh, my God, man. It's the most relaxed, chilled. Oh, my God. I feel like my muscles couldn't have worked there because it was just pff, so relaxed. But no, it's probably that. the same, man. Fiji's, I mean, the thing is, when I go, it probably is, mate, but, and I've seen some beautiful parts of it, but we were, all, we we're always there to cover something that's dark, you know what I mean? So Aye. we always see the crappy side of things. That's the only issue with going working somewhere when you sound is that you never go there for a good reason. You don't go there. Don't oh, is, that, is that real? What was happening negative in Fiji? <laughs> Tiny uh, rising, place, man. Rising sea levels in the Pacific because of climate change oh shit oh, I was doing years a day aye there's more, more temperatures than ever aye because it's um, surely all this has helped like Covid nobody's moving every static well I need to speak to the family I need to get in touch with the families have a word Martin, here's work. a question for you go on what's the capital of Fiji oh, Fiji is it, is it um, Gav Google that quickly because we don't I know, know. It, I know it don't is you worry it? no you don't you Should don't I? 
Is it Suva? Suva, yes, mate, you're right. Oh, just what, that's my just boy. what I guessed it there. Um, <laughs> Honestly, there's, I, a chance, I used... there's a chance I could have got that wrong. Honestly, I didn't really know. I just went for the biggest city. That's what I did. That's what I, did. Um, <laughs> I used to. I used to work in a Marriott hotel in the, the day of the rugby sevens. Oh, I mean, it was, it was in, amazing at that, yeah. I, mm. my God, see the boys from Fiji, man, they couldn't have been like. I felt like they wanted to do my job. They were the nicest guys in the world, uh, man. The most yeah, politest, nice respectful, such respectful people, man. Ah, uh, yeah, no, and do you know what? I agree with you because when I was there, I couldn't have met nicer people. They're accommodating. It was mad. So they nice, made me man. drink that. They made me drink that drink. But have you ever heard it? Cava. Have heard it? So Cava's a champagne. Cava's yeah. a champagne, mate. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we I have tried that. Listen, I don't know what the fuck you're sitting in. <laughs> You know what I mean? We don't drink champagne. <laughs> <laughs> they take this fruit to a plant and they crush it. Right? right. And apparently, and what it does is you you basically mix it with water and mud and all that. Right? And then you let it ferment. Mud? Aye, uh, so mud and whatnot. So then you let it ferment for a wee while. But you see when you go to a village and all that, you've got to give the chief a root. Oh, right. To do Wow, so, man. See when you, so I had to sit and drink this stuff, man. And it's no... Honestly, it just boys the heat right after you, but it's no, it's no alcohol. It's no an alcohol. It's just, it's just this roots, just mental. Like it's just, just like did, you, did you know it's considered a depressant drug? What this cava thing? Cava. Just, I just googled it. Aye, aye. It's considered a depressant drug. I got it. Gavin Hollywood. Did you just Gavin Hollywood? That's his name. Is did that actually just... a name, Gavin? That is me. Aye. That is his name. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Did you call Hollywood? Is that me? All Hollywood for Bake Off, is it Paul? No. No. No related. No, no relation. Different Hollywood. <laughs> different Hollywood. Maybe the same yeah. string right enough, but... Yeah, you, you'll be doing news round in about... <laughs> Once Martin leaves, I'll, I'll submit my application. Don't get Martin the sack, but... Jesus. I'm not going, I'm not going to get him the sack, come on. I'll give you my job. Take it. <laughs> Gavin Hollywood, mate. I can't compete with somebody with a second name Hollywood. I know. I feel the same. I feel the same. Mate, you're on news round. You can do whatever you want. You can't compete with somebody with the name Hollywood, man. It just doesn't. Doesn't he fathom? Does it? Doesn't he uh, become a physician? Yeah, that's fancy words. But what right, I like back, back, back to is back to the Martin. best, the best celebrity you've ever worked with. Who is it? Oh, a celebrity I've ever worked with. Best celebrity. Yeah. Oh. Hi, like well-known person. It could be a. Anybody? Could be e list anybody. to Z list. Oh, uh, do you know what though? This is how I find I'm quite boring that way. Um, right, okay. Football player wise, David Beckham was one of the nicest people I'd ever met. Wow. Like, Shit, you've met Beckham. I have. Yeah, met David. Be- interviewed David Beckham. Do why expand. Why? Well, it was fun enough because he was he was doing something today with the Sainsbury's school games or something in London. But the NBA had come to Manchester that day. Like to an exhibition match. He, he's a big basketball fan, so um, I so we basically chatted and he invited me to the basketball game. Wow! Aye. I but keep don't finish there. Keep talking about it. Oh, I did, but basically, I didn't go. But, <laughs> what? But I didn't go. No, I, I you're kidding go. on, man. I didn't go. The, my producer, the guy who was starring with me, was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I've got to work. I've got to get this done." Like, You're a fucking idiot, man. I don't know. Come on. It's not just that. Like the, the Toronto Raptors are playing there, so you probably met Drake. You probably met like 
Let's move on, Mark. I'll save you here, right? You've been riding on if you just went. Right, Kenny, shut up. <laughs> just tell them. I just he just needs to he needs to know this stuff. I need to know. I'm I'm glad that you reminded me of how much you're a fucking idiot I was. But um <laughs> but Gar- right, on you go. Right. Um, so the best the best celebrity that I've met is Commander Chris Hadfield though. The astronaut. Remember the astronaut that became famous for singing on YouTube for the ISS? He sang like he sang David Bowie on the International Space Station and ended right. up getting loads of hits on What's his name? Commander what? Oh, Chris, no. Chris I feel that you're... Yeah, I know. I feel like I can get him. Stop coming back to me now. I sat down, I sat down with this guy, right? And remember, he's a, he's a fucking astronaut, right? Like, only one Aye. in five million people can become, become an astronaut. astronaut. And like, he, he told me how you poo in space and all that because <laughs> I asked him all sorts of interesting questions but what animal would you take into space for you and all that? And he like, told me, oh, and honestly, that was the most interesting, best celebrity I that's brilliant that's unusual because you would normally expect somebody to say David uh, Beckham or fucking well, Rihanna or something do you know what I mean so, this guy or Gavin. Man, Gavin. this guy all day he, he did say David Beckham he, he did he say David his favourite person that's what I'm talking about no, my favourite interview was Chris Hadfield he, but he was my he was my number one brilliant um, right here, here's an even better question for you Martin so this is the question that that's probably a good question, Gavin. Yes. <laughs> 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 I thought you were going to fill name in there. Um, Gavin, if this question's shite, that's it, man. <laughs> right, so this is the emerged question, Martin, right? So yeah. if you could have one drink and one drink only, what would you have and who would it be with? Oh, very good. Very good. Thank nice. you. I pulled it in the bag. If I could have one drink, what would it be and who would it be with? Mine. Ooh. Put you on the spot here. Oh, I'm feeling. Do, it do you want me and Kenny to talk shit then until you decide? Oh, no, 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 no. I've literally <laughs> run out of cans. I've got oh, cans surrounding oh, me. I don't know how I'm going to get these down the stair. <laughs> it's disgusting. Oh, do you know what, man? I know what drink I, I know what drink I would. I would go with the drink first. Having, I'd have a whiskey. I think, but I think that. A kind of whiskey, though. Oh, what kind of whiskey you need? Uh, I'm not really a big. Top of the shelf whiskey, man, right? But I'm no a Bell's whiskey either. Than Glen, aye, aye. Oh. A Glen Marangi, right? I'd have a Glen Marangi oh, nice. with two blocks of ice in it, right? Oh, um, my pops, my pops would love you for that. You oh, don't want to have mixing it, you just want oh, something. Oh, no. uh, some people even, some people put, stick their nose up at people putting ice in it, don't they? Well, that's I did, but um, they're just fucking idiots. I was going to say that, they're called fannies. Who would I aye. want to I'd say Dead or Alive. Any, whatever you, you want. You choose. It's your, it's your question. I'd say Muhammad Ali. I'd oh, have a nice. whiskey with Muhammad Ali. Wow. 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 By the way, see, just on Muhammad Ali, did you see that um, video that resurfaced the other day? What, what? Him, he was talking about, he was on a chat show. Uh, he, was on, he was talking about being a black man. Aye. Oh my God, how powerful was that? Yeah, I shared that on my Facebook a couple of weeks ago, actually. I thought it was really cool. Unbelievable. I, he would be, he'd be my number one go-to and I'd have a whiskey with Mahal Dali. That'd be it. Tremendous. So, are you really big on the whole Black Lives Matter? And you're all right. I'm about, I'm about as big as what I can be. <laughs> as you're neutral. Like, every, <laughs> every, life, every life should matter. I, that, blah, blah, blah. I, I think that it's such a weird, a weird time. And I think that... It's a weird thing you ask you there. I mean, that's my bad. But I just feel... Oh, no, no. See, 
See what you said, you feel that no, I'm, I'm, somebody yeah, else speak. That, what I think is, what I think is, is that it's it's right. That's my opinion. Is like it's more, the way you've got it depends on perspective, doesn't it? Like black, of course, black lives matter. And when people say, "I but British lives matter, white lives matter," and it's like, "Ah, but right. that's not what it's that's not the point." It's that's like that's like saying that's like somebody saying, "Oh, breast breast cancer matters more than somebody." I, I know. But, you're, no, like, I, you're right, and it's supposed to show. It's supposed to show unity and together. Aye, of course. And yet you get people, another one of these social media things again where people just pipe up with the biggest load of rubbish man that I've ever, I've ever played. I've wanted to say this for a while but I've just no felt like saying it but I feel like I'm getting aye, right, are you aye? Aye, I know. <laughs> I, you know the, the best ones, the best ones that I get is that I'm no racist but like, see when you start, aye, see, see when that's your sentence, shut up. See if you start a sentence like that, I'm just going to break it's not, I'll tell you the funniest moment for me because none of it's funny, but I'll tell you the most ironic moment that I found with the Black Lives Matter stuff. This is weird because see, see the guys tell it all. No, but I just, I'd like to hear. So every every life matters, blah blah. Aye, aye, aye. Disabled lives and and ill. Ill been... Everybody's aye. life matter. It's just because what's, of what's the what, what's your worst moment with regards to that? What disabled lives matter. As in, I challenged lives. See, for me, I've never really been labelled as. I'm really, I'm being serious with this. I was saying earlier, Gavin, about being an advocate or being a somebody who is championing disabled people. But I, I've never been labelled like that ever. And I'm, I, I know people do, and I'm, I'm really lucky that I haven't, I haven't experienced it. But at the same time, the reason why I don't think I have is because I've got the view that. Things are there for a reason. Where whatever um, stereotype or whatever thoughts people have got about other people in certain situations, whether it's your disability, your colour, your race, yeah. whatever your religion is, it's there for a reason. So when it comes to disability, I think disabled people are just as much to blame about whatever stereotypes come our, our way as opposed to. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't appreciate it when disabled people think that the world's against them and don't get me wrong I, I can only speak for people that are that are have, have got my disability I can't uh-huh. talk to people who are yeah. autism I can't talk to people who are in my situation in order to, make, to affect change and implement change you first of all have to look at yourself and ask these questions why why do people think this way about you why do people treat you this way is it because of them probably but then also there's a certain element to yourself that you've got to take away and you've got to look at because in order for things to change, you can't expect people who don't understand to make those changes. You've got to make it first. So Shit, man. That's that was crazy powerful, wasn't it? And, and how good was that? That was amazing. Right, so you saw the smile on your face there, knowing how good that statement <laughs> That was amazing, I've man. Been, I've just been waiting for my moment to say that. He's got the cue cards and all that ready. Where's Gene? Where's Gene? Gene's there. It was Gene that, that said it to me, she went, you're talking about disabled people's ah. shit. And I was like, actually, Gene, this isn't true, I'll tell you what the problem is. <laughs> I know. Like, like, Gene never... always told me my whole life, you're the problem. Like, that's what Gene's always told me. So, this is how this kind of manifests. So ah, funny. no, but yeah, that was, that was a weird, that was a weird, like, I don't even know if that was two minutes, but it was a moment where... I like time stood still and you were just talking and talking and it was oh, everything you said just made sense and Aye. so that's that was that, crazy yeah. cool man that was amazing. Thank you, you know. but that's what happens with the whole. But I was going back to that um, ironic thing that I was talking about with the Black Lives Matter was a bit with the statue. Do you remember uh, when we were protecting 
Churchill statue and then all these football yeah. fans came, the skinheads came, remember? Uh, and then they were all doing it. And the, the number one picture, so British Lives Matter, and then they all did the Nazi salute. But then they were protecting the statue of the guy who defeated the Nazis. Yeah. So, <laughs> and so, so in order to, to show how to show their cause and to say we are they did a Nazi salute to a statue of the man who fought. Some, uh, yeah. some people just love to jump on education, a man. It's just all about education. Like we had uh, the, um, like Greven, the boy we had on, on Greven, man, he... Greven Harris, uh, tremendous. The way he went about racism and that was it was just a different level. Like he was so humble, right. he was so crazy. and No crazy, he wasn't crazy at all. Aye, crazy in that sort of sense that you can't believe was, how... Aye, you couldn't believe something. how he approached the situation. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Martin, just to... Give an example for the for that that episode, right? That was earlier on, and it was right in the middle of the Black Lives Matter movement and stuff like that, and everything was going on with George Floyd, and um, so Greven came on, and he <clears throat> about halfway through the podcast, he went on to explain about how he perceives racism, what, what started it, and what continues it, and stuff like that, and he came up with this um, these uh, this saying, he calls it the three Ps, right? Right. And he said, um, what "Was it?" Um, what was it again? Parenting, publishing, and politics. Um, politics. So he says, if you think about racism or any sort of discrimination about anything, it comes down to these three things. And it's not it's not necessarily what people think. It's how they're brought up and how they're, they're just made to feel that they need to feel that way. Do you know what I mean? And it's, I it was amazing. Funny, the thing is, what we do when we're really young is we put ourselves into a category or a box or my people, these are my clan. This is what I you know, you, you go with a belief that you've been taught or an idealistic view of the world as to what you want to live in. Yeah. So, and that's and that formed and built in it for when you're young. So I totally agree with what Devin, I'm pretty sure whatever he says, it was it was pretty powerful anyway, because he's right. Like, oh. quite a good, simple way of, of getting the point across. Like, definitely. 100%. It was amazing. It was amazing. But, um, but Kenny, Sorry, absolutely mate. tremendous. I'm just trying to make everybody can see how handsome... Aye, how's, how's the back cave done there? You doing all right? It's, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll try get to get you. Every time, it gets right. to about nine o'clock, Kenny's getting the f- fucking floor well, it. I, I work with the sunrise and the sunset, so Aye. if you're a be fancy <laughs> with your, your, your lumens that you use, it takes it. He works best in the shadows, doesn't he? That's what he's trying to say. I think he works best in the daylight. Um, <laughs> No, it's fun to make fun of me, yeah. That, that's what it is, aye. Look at that hair. Look at the sweat you're wiping through your heat, man. To be honest with you, we've all had a good swipe at each other tonight, man. To be fair, it's been... Well, pretty, to be fair, I think it's, it's been mostly true. me with my yeah, fucking it's, night. It's oh, true. put your bio in away, Gavin. God's sake, man. Jeez. Oh, my God, man. It's <laughs> all about you, Gavin. Is it because uh, you're that small, Gavin? The violins feel really big. <laughs> <laughs> aye. I look forward to seeing... An absolute sterling comedy show for you. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought. No, you're Gavin Martin. But... <laughs> I, I, didn't get, I didn't get confused there, mate. You don't need to explain it. <laughs> I just want to make sure that everybody knows where they stand when it comes to uh, well, I know where I sit. I don't stand that much, but... <laughs> but... I've done that again, haven't I? I've done it uh, twice. Honestly, honestly, you walked into that one, you lucky bastard. You did. Aye. Aye. But, uh, no, listen, Martin, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on, mate. And can I just say, I've got... Two people very close to me as well that suffer um, with disabilities as well, and it's 
it's really good to see somebody who's like really positive about it and who just takes the funny side of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just doesn't take it too seriously. And so, thanks, mate. It's, no, it's really. Aye, no, same with me. I've got a mate who has his daughter as well, but it's not so much you, you're on very funny, so you, you've embraced what you've got and you've, aye, you've turned aye. it into something very positive and you've, you've turned it mm. very much, not so much into a career, but aye, your ability to, to take what you've had and you've turned it into something that's yep. got you with a snap back on the middle of party, which has been very well. <laughs> well listen, man, I, I feel like I've earned the right to have a snap back on <laughs> you. have, mate. You have. Aye, you have. You very much have, mate. And, listen, and I can guys, I thank I you enough? It. I appreciate you having me on, and if um, if I can help you at any time in the future, just let me know. And keep oh, me it's, it's very much an open door for you, my man. Thank you, and let me oh, know. Oh my when, god! Let me know when it's when everything's going to go up. If whatever you need me to share and stuff, then perfect. All right, brilliant, right, guys, brilliant. Yeah, man. See you later, Enjoy on. Yourselves. All right, bye.